Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at wide jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. And we're back again. It's Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network. We've got a lot to get to this evening. So much to talk about and so little time. And joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the Canadian legend, the one, the only, and we thank him so much for his Canadian patronage, Tim Dombrova. Tim, are you there? I can hear you faintly in the distance, but you are not coming through strong at all. What about now? There you are. There we go. A little switch on the the old microphone. Are we good now? Now we got you loud and clear. Okay. Excellent. Welcome aboard. I'm here. Everyone, relax. We'll be all right. (laughs) Yes, we were worried. We we sleepless nights. I would I would expect so. Yes. So, uh, hope all is well in Canada. Hope, uh, hope well, things are, are. How are things in Canada? We haven't really talked about you much lately, Tim. How you know, are things the, in Canada? The, the, the COVID is uh, it's not really a problem where I'm at specifically, but uh, the East Coast, they're, well, the East Coast, I call it the East Coast. Ontario, Quebec are getting smacked around pretty good, but the rest of Canada has been relatively unaffected, to be honest. Oh, certainly. Yeah. There's. And there they are to, to to ask you, what do you know? I, uh, Apparently you know me. nothing. They call me because uh, they know I have the cure to the virus. I got the vaccine, but I'm, I'm holding out for a, a billion dollars from the Chinese. Well, I, don't, I don't blame you. Uh, probably the best way to do it. And they're calling back. They want it. That's the phone company. They just They really want to talk to me, but I don't want to talk to them about their new... Their deals for the pandemic, I don't care. And they don't seem to quite grasp that fact. Is it the call, it's a call center. So, you know, it's somebody from God only knows where. Certainly not here. And I don't have the time or inclination. 
It's actually it's actually Tom Robinson. He got a new job. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Old yeah, TR. Tom, we love Tom him. could never. He could never phone here. He wouldn't be able to figure it out. I could hear Tom now on the call line. Hey, hey, look. This is uh this is Bell Atlantic, and <laughs> I don't think no. they're a company anymore, but. I got, I got the, this is AT and Tom from AT and T. I got this really good deal for you, but hey, while I got you on the phone, how the hell does this phone thing work? <laughs> so, like, if I press one, do you start talking dirty? Like, what's going on? Yeah, here? yeah. What? How, how does this work? I, 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 I can't hear you. How do I turn this up? Oh, I disconnected you. I'm sorry. You know, Tom, <laughs> technology not his forte. Oh, absolutely. But uh, no. I tell you what. Speaking yeah, no. of forte. We're going to have a lot to get to tonight, but first, let's go ahead and pay a couple bills, and let's get to it here from the law offices of my good friend. Talk to him earlier. Stephen P. Cool. New, ladies and gentlemen. Great man. I uh, was able to, to catch up with him. Busy man, but good to catch up with him. Let's hear a little more from Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And again, thanks to the law offices of Stephen P. New, our wonderful sponsor. And uh, joining us again this week, as ice fell out of my mouth. <laughs> I had ice in my mouth and it fell out. Uh, joining us once again this week from somewhere, see, yeah. it's Jeff. Welcome back. Parts unknown. Woo! Woo! Yes, sir. Welcome back. Caller Jeff is in the house tonight. <laughs> as promised. Maybe. Hey, on, there, he is. there he is. Hey. Doing um, good. What what's good with you? Well, I just can't get enough of these last dance episodes. Oh, I thought I don't I, I, at I first agree, I thought I he said I just I said first I thought he just said I can't get it up and I was like, Well Jeff, that's a personal problem. But <laughs> no, no, okay. You're right, you're right. Yeah, we're not there yet. I thought he was going to that I, uh, I Can't Get Enough of Your Love by Barry White. <laughs> oh, darling, uh, I can't get enough of your love, baby. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, sorry, Jeff. Continue. Uh, I, I agree with uh, J.J. Watt. Uh, ten episodes isn't going to be enough. It's really not, and I'm, like at first I was happy they're showing two episodes a night. Now I'm kind of mad because when this is over, what are we gonna do? <laughs> We're kind of stuck. Well, apparently, didn't you see somewhere that they that there's a Kobe one out there? Apparently, yeah, but it won't be out for a few years, according to what I've read. Apparently, the the entire thing was 
the Kobe doc um, is being worked on, but it's going to be a few years before they get it done and put together and everything. But apparently he had his last season filmed as well. And they're thinking about this being a kind of documentary, kind of like the last dance, but man, I could watch this last dance over and over and over. It's so good. And especially this week's where they kind of went in and, and looked at, you know, the dream team and, talked about that and you saw the the beginning of the all-star game where Jordan played in the garden and uh with Kobe and then Jordan wears the the MJ Air 1 they talk about the marketing and how he took a chance uh Nike he took a chance on Nike with the contract it paid off he wanted to be with Converse but Converse didn't want to take the risk Adidas said they didn't see a shoe deal in it hey Adidas way to go <laughs> good isn't call it, isn't let's it hear it for Adidas remarkable. shall we Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it utterly remarkable to hear them talk about any professional athlete and that $250,000 was too much money? Yeah, too much money for a shoe deal. And now if you get $250,000 as an offer for a shoe deal, the the player is laughing at you. He's walking out of there laughing. Yeah, not to any guess... player, not a not a not Michael Jordan. Yeah, for real. Uh, but what, what were your thoughts on the episodes? Jeff, we'll start with you calling in. Uh, what was your thoughts on this past week's last dances? I thought they were fantastic. Well, I thought it just seems like they get better and better. It's like, can this, the next episodes outdo? But uh, I believe it did. Uh, and it seems like they covered a whole lot more. He talked about Kobe and uh, the, the, his marketing ability. I believe they said that they wanted to sell $3 million worth of shoes in the first year, and they sold $126 million. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, That's insane. And, you know, uh, Nike owes him big, big time. I mean, Nike, I know Nike he's should, got so much well, I mean, they made, well, he got a percentage, but then he's got his own line. I think they've taken care of him. But, yeah, Michael oh, Jordan yeah. basically, he gave, he made Nike what they are. Um. Something else, a few things. Uh, they really went into the, some of his, I guess, controversial social issues that. Uh, yeah, the that gambling. He did the, the gambling. He did the social problems with that. He, things he did, and I, and I do agree with him about this because I used to gamble a little bit. It, I came to realization it wasn't necessarily gambling. It was. It is a competition problem, which leads to gambling. Uh, issue or gambling problem or whatever, but uh, he just he was competitive and as uh, what's the guy uh, NBA there, uh, uh, Aldridge I believe said uh, you know ten thousand yeah. to him is like ten bucks to us you know yeah uh, ten thousand to Michael Jordan that was nothing I right, mean and, and uh, really it, it was nothing well and you and you know the guys I, I don't want I won't say he had a problem but you know he he loved it because. You're, he's uh, betting twenty bucks, throwing uh, quarters at the side of a wall with the guys at security. At the... <laughs> I got a kick out of that. I thought that was really. No, funny. I did I mean, too. And, you, and and how? Why was that harmful or bad in any way? I mean, that's something those guys. I think the guys. They said the the guy, the security guy, died last year, year before. But that's something they could have took with him. And you know, to to Jordan as. He talked about, I don't want to be. I, it, it sucks being Michael Jordan. People say they want to be Michael Jordan for a day, but he said this when he was smoking that cigar on his couch. He goes, "This is the only 
like relaxation I get. It's like he was in a rock star, superstar mode every single day, and, and him flipping those quarters with that guy—that's probably the like the highlight of his day. Like having downtime, being able to do that. I mean, just getting away from everything. And uh, I thought that was something big, and uh, uh, something you know else that that he's kind of contrasting with with Ali and. LeBron James is he never he made the controversial quote let's, that uh, Republicans buy sneakers too. And, and uh, there was into, let, let, let's touch on that for a second. Uh, when he brought that up, I said to to the people I was watching it with, I was watching it with my family, and I said, I think it was smart. And, and right, it is. I everybody agree. was trying to con- everybody was trying to condemn him. They were like, oh, well, he should have took his stance. Why? And he even said it. He just, said, I'm a basketball player. I'm not a yeah, political activist. Well, he goes, don't look to me to be your him. role model. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that is. was smart. Why are you going to alienate half your fan base? And, again, I know, you know, politics be damned. Um, but if he'd have said it the other way around, would people have gotten as mad? That's the thing. Is If, if he'd have said, well, Democrats buy sneakers too, would there have been a backlash like uh, that? Probably not. I don't not blaming. No, now listen, I'm not playing politics here, and I'm not getting no, political. But I'm let's be either, honest here. I don't think it was as much about politics as it was about race. Well, maybe. But I st- and he, and but he I even still, said, you know, he made a large but I, contribution. But I still don't care. What he does in his personal life is none of my business, and I don't give a hoot. Uh, I don't like when athletes use their farms to push their own personal agendas. Yeah, I'm not big um, on that either. I'm, I'm not uh, a big. That's what I dislike about LeBron. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, Sorry. I, I'm not a big fan of that. And at least he wasn't playing one side of the fence. He just chose to ignore pretty much everyone, and I'm right. okay with that. And he admits, and he admits it. He said, you know, was it uh, selfish on my part? Probably. But I didn't care. I'm a basketball player. I'm here right. to win, yeah. and, and and that's what I care about. Any more than, like you said, it, would you like it if a, you know, in the middle of a, of the, uh, I don't know, of the Democratic convention, if Joe Biden stopped and started talking about who he thought, uh, you know, I don't know who's going to win the Final Four this year, but I really like, you know, fill in the blank. You wouldn't want to I, I would that. actually, I would probably actually love that. Well, uh, Joe would. <laughs> Joe would probably do it because he'd be doing it after the final four was already over. Well, knowing he, Joe, he would be pretty. Knowing he Joe, he'd know. be picking. Joe would probably be there and like, ah, let's just go with Bobby Knight's. Crew. No, but uh, uh, Bill, but uh, the whole thing again, Bill, not trying to be political. I don't like politics, and we all have our a, own views, and, and nobody's changing a, anybody's mind. No, there's a time and a place for it, like. Uh, like, uh, what was it? I think it was Bill Burr who said something along the lines of, you know, I'm watching the football game and in the middle of, or a baseball game during the World Series and in the middle of the game, everybody busts out the the cancer, you know, with a name on it. Yeah. And he goes, he's, and he's like, okay, it's not that I, I, I'm against any of that. It's just, he's, I'm here to watch a baseball game. He said, if you went to a movie and halfway through the movie, they turned it off and says, now hold on a minute. Um, we just like to tell you about addictions or or whatever it might be. Yeah, you would be greatly annoyed. Oh, there, there's the that, there you again. go. They're after you. Oh they, no, that's that's Matt that time, mate. But you know, last time, I just don't, I just don't see that. 
I don't rely on here. I'll take athletes. care of Matt. I'll take care of Matt right now. Yeah, yeah just message I'm Matt. I'm, I'm leaving Matt a voice message right now. Yeah, yeah. Message Damn it, Matt! Material. We're live. We're doing a show. He he knows, and he does it. He does it almost every <laughs> Wednesday. But anyway, um, I don't rely on uh, basketball players or baseball players or actors or any of these people to be role models. That's uh, you know, if you're a parent, that's your job. You, you know, you, you shouldn't be relying on Michael Jordan to do the right thing so that your your kids turn out okay. I, I never bought that argument. I don't buy it now. I don't care what his politics are any more than I care what his religion is or yeah, I mean, his that, uh, and that's the point sexual here. preferences or any of it. I just don't care. Yeah, and, and that's the and that's the whole thing. And again, you see kind of the controversy. It's it's reared its head in the NFL with the punter from Marshall with the tattoos. Um, well, man, I mean, the are, president took it. The ex president took a shot at him. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think Jordan had to sign off on that. Like, if and he probably was okay. Well, if he won, it's kind of like a it was kind of like a gentle criticism. But yeah. Uh, no, but it was but, basically, you know, if you you really ought to, you know. Be on the right side of the. I'm sad you're not on the right side of the fence here, Michael. All right. And what you had was, you know, you in the in the political race that they were talking about was Jesse Helms. He was a Republican out of North Carolina, and yeah. the guy was for segregation. Uh, he tried to strike. He wasn't. All the African Americans were getting help with house, trying to get help with housing and things like that, and he would um, vote. Against it, um, and a clear, a clear piece guy, of shit. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no argument there. But he still won. Yeah, yeah he did. The guy so. he ran against was a guy named Harvey Gant, and he was a Democrat, African American, and that's who. Uh, that I think he, I think Michael Jordan's mom was actually asking him to do a yes, a, some kind of appearance, and he still. She wanted him to. Those. She wanted him to do an endorsement, like a like a commercial or whatever. Right. And he wouldn't. And I, and he wouldn't I agree uh, with you all too. I, I just don't think that that's necessary. He got there playing basketball, and you know, he, he, he can do what he wants. He don't have to. Uh, yeah, people, I won't, just, people are just trying to use him. I won't, I, cha- I won't chastise him for doing it. If if he decided to do it, I probably wouldn't have cared about that that much. I don't think that people that it should be a requirement that. Somehow, no. just be, just because you're a, a, a professional athlete, that you have to take a a stand on these things and be on the quote unquote right side of the fence. I guess the left side of the fence in this case, but um, I just don't <laughs> care. I just don't care. I, it, Quit it taking shots, to me. Pam. <laughs> I have to. But, I mean, Jesse yeah. Helms is a scumbag. There's no two ways around yeah. that. But well, he made the comment. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. He made the comment after he won. I mean, he, he said there won't be any party in a Mudville tonight. I mean, that's pretty as low as as you can get. Yeah, yeah, but uh... yeah. Well, but anyway, let's let's get off this. Uh, but yeah, the the whole that thing, and people are like, ah, Michael should have said something. Look, I think professional athletes need to take a lesson from Michael Jordan here. Stay out of it. Let it be. Get, in, get into it when you're finished. Yeah, get into it career. when you're finished. Yeah. Make a donation. Then go do what you want. Yeah. Make a donation. Go do what you want. And I, I don't know how many people. Now this is just me talking here. I don't know how many people actually vote based on the way celebrities and 
uh, athletes tell them to? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess by your last uh, presidential election, not as many as people would like. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the well, guy was well, seven yeah. years old at the time. He's still yeah, a young I, guy, 27. They're wanting yeah, to I, do all that, be political activists and all that. Oh, and at 27, oh, oh. hell, I'm, that was just a few no. years ago for me. I didn't care. They should the be last thing on my mind. They should be. They should be darn glad that the worst thing he ever did was bet on golf. That he, because with the amount of money and fame he had, he could have been hell on wheels. And if he was in any of those other areas, you know, drugs and women and stuff of that nature, I never, I've never heard any stories about him doing any of that sort of thing. So maybe he was a better role model than people think. Right. Well, let's talk about the gambling because that one came up. Um, Jordan apparently in between with the Knicks uh, in the series, people were very critical of him, and uh, yeah, the whole he goes to Atlantic it. City Casino the night before a game, and uh, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think? Is this was this the media overhyping? Was this much to do about nothing? I think it was blown up. Had anybody else done it? Like just a normal player, like an average player, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think anybody would have cared. Said. But it's a superstar player, the best player on the planet, uh, two-time defending NBA champion and finals MVP, and they're down 2-0 to New York. And let me tell you, a lot of people thought this, the Suns was a great series. I mean, if I, mean, I think Chicago was really fortunate to win game five. Uh, because then it would have went back to Chicago, and they would have had to win there, and then come back to New York and won. And, uh, I mean, that was a um, – before, but back to where we were at, though, uh, I just think – I think it was blown up, and he should be able to – again, if he want, if he doesn't want to uh, be a political activist, that's fine. If he wants to go gambling, you know, it's his will. Okay, but I it just wasn't... think it was blown up. I mean, there's a big difference between uh, playing money with, for money with somebody you know on a golf course and when you say the word gambling. That, to me, conjures up two different things. You know, he wasn't betting on NBA basketball or pro sports or any of this I, kind of stuff. I think I mean, that's was, what people were afraid of. Right. But, well, yeah, because, because Michael Jordan was throwing games left and right, wasn't he? Right. You've got to remember, Pete Rose was still fresh in people's mind. And, I mean, the NBA must – they probably didn't want that look when uh, people he got be a, speculating. He got a spur uh, job, too, though, in my opinion. Well, most people feel that way with Pete Rose. But Jordan – and Jordan even said, like, the, the media reports were like, oh, he was out till 2 a.m., uh, you know, at the casino in Atlantic City, Jordan comes out and says, "I was home. I was back at the hotel by twelve. Um, you know, yeah, okay. I was just gambling, okay. playing what, blackjack." What would you rather have? Jo- Jordan is out gambling till midnight, or do you want the Bulls when he first got there, where the guys were in their hotel rooms, but were banging everything that moved and doing cocaine by the pound? What's well, the apparently they wanted that because that means Jordan was in his hotel room. But they didn't know that at the time. That's the thing. They they don't know. They're looking, and they said it in the documentary, and I've got to agree with them 100%. They build these guys up to be heroes, role models, yeah. invincible. And they, don't, 
And, they and then when they get they bored with them, either. and yeah, they don't. And then when they get bored with them, we got to find a way to ruin them. And yeah, now, that, yeah. Yeah, now that he's become this great success that we all love, we got to find a chink yeah. in the armor we, somewhere. We found a way to build him up. We've made him this invincible thing. And now we've got to bring him back down to earth because he can't yeah. be perfect. He can't be considered this perfect role model. And the media does right. that with everybody. It doesn't matter That's, who it is. I want to be wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's an easy it's an easy story, right? It's very easy, and that's all they worry about is getting those easy stories, getting their you know at the time getting their names in the paper, and you know Sam Smith released the book. They talked about that Jordan, the Jordan rules, um, and apparently a lot of people didn't like that, didn't like what they saw in it, and, and I'm sure Smith was just reporting what he was told. Like, I'm not condemning Sam Smith in any way, shape, or form, but at the same time, you know, he's just wanting to sell books. Like, he's not worried about the careers of Michael Jordan and what these guys have to live with and deal with. He's just worried about, you know, selling books and getting famous. And, you know, he sold a lot of books based on that. And I don't know. It just seemed like – and he was reporting what he was being told. And, again, this wasn't a – one-on-one kind of reporting. This was players leaking information. Michael Jordan still blames Horace Grant. Horace Grant, who will be making his professional MMA debut from the looks of him <laughs> very soon, um, he he denies it. So, I don't know. It's just one of those things where... Well, well, he, B.J. Armstrong uh, took up for Horace Grant he, he, and said there yeah, were other did. people. Yeah. Well, he said it, it couldn't have been just him. Yeah. He had to have been more than one guy. But He's probably, then, but then right. probably, but then a few of the other guys, kind of like uh, Paxson was one who kind of just, I you know, no, that team was tight. But when you so... look at when you look at that team, and you go back in history here, and you kind of look at it, and you say, okay, to get to that third championship, and they did, and they got it. Did it seem like to you that they would have won a fourth title had they stayed together? Because from the looks of the way they were handling things, I'm not a hundred percent that they would have. I believe Houston would have been their toughest test because they would have had to play to a dominant center, and Olajuwon was the best center in the game there. For, well, I think, uh, yeah, but Drexler, Jordan had already handled Drexler pretty well, and Drexler ended up going there as well. Hakeem would have well, been I a mean, tougher he, test for sure. Drexler didn't go there until the '95 season. He wasn't on the '94 Houston team. He was no, okay. The, but but uh, that I think I mean, of course you want to say well the Bulls probably would, but I, I believe Houston would have gave them all they wanted. Uh, I think uh, Michael Jordan was as close to burnt out at the end of that season as you can get yeah. and not be burnt out. I think Something he had an eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I they agree. don't talk that they don't talk about. So, and as we all know, uh, it gets every time it's that much harder. Yeah, and, yeah, and nobody, I think he need. I think he needed that break. And now, and now that yeah, I see yeah, this, I, mean, I think that break helped motivate him a little bit. Yeah, right, Something that really, I think, got. They didn't show this time, and I know good and well they're going to show next time. Is in July of '93, after the NBA month after NBA Finals, his dad was killed. And yeah, and uh, I believe that was might have been the 
that's the end of it, you know, the last straw, you know, big straw, but, you know. Um, anyway. The man no was, one, at a, he no, was at a breaking point. He was at he a was breaking close, point. He was close, yeah, and he had a lot go on. I mean, and like I said, I mean, after three, you don't really need another one. Really. You don't, I mean, but you, I mean, you want to stay motivated, but let's be honest here. From 91 to 93, they weren't tested. The right, best test they got were the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't tested. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a struggle. That's why the you, Celtics and Lakers won. series of old worked so well because yeah. those two teams tested each other and they went back and forth. The Bulls of the nineties really had no one really push them outside. You know, the Knicks gave them fits, but nobody really pushed them to a game seven. Nobody made them work, you know, extra, make them dig deeper. They just well, did it. Well, part well, of the that Celtics came be. close. Part of that well, was not for that shot. The, the Bulls were just that good, too, though. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I'm not Michael taking anything just, away from these teams. No, but there were some great Michael teams in had, the 90s. I mean, there were. But what, compared three, to these two, others, they're just, you know, three, it's just not there. Right, but they're 3 2, what, 3 2 against the Knicks, and Michael Jordan just basically says, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to play game seven. I mean, he even said it on the thing. Like, we're, we're not playing against the Suns, yeah. When he went out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay, Phoenix, yeah. We're not playing two more. And he went out there and basically, short of the last shot that won the game, uh, that was the only point scored in the fourth quarter by anybody else on the team. Right, right. I mean, I think everybody was down. Like you say, everybody was down. That was his way to elevate them. We're going out there for one game, guys. I mean, if there was a guy. <laughs> I'm only packing there one. Never, there's been lots of great players in the league. There's lots of great ones now. Even guys I don't like, like LeBron and Harden, even. It pains me to say. But there has never been a player before him, I don't think, and there's definitely not been one since, that hated to lose, except maybe Kobe, who hated to lose as much as that man hated to lose anything. Not just basketball, anything. You know, picking fights with some of the greatest NBA players of all time during the practice scrimmage. Him and, or him and Magic Johnson talking shit at one another like they were at a playground. Yeah, that was great. It was. It yeah. was absolutely fascinating to watch. But I mean it I mean he, he the people say, Oh, you know, he was a bit of an asshole. Well <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. kind kind of, but he was a damn successful one too. So which is why he which is what he always said, I'm here to win. I don't give a shit about people's feelings. I don't care about necessarily being politically correct, although in those days it was a lot easier to be politically correct than it is now. But, you know, you better tow the system. Whatever. I mean, look what they did to poor Tony Kukoc. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted to talk about <laughs> yeah, that, they, too. You know, they didn't even know him. And it's just, well, you know, Jerry Krause likes him. <laughs> they <laughs> hated Jerry Krause so <laughs> much. <laughs> they pretended well, but, Tony Kukoc was Jerry, or Jerry Krause was Tony Kukoc out on the floor. That's how they guarded him. But, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, granted, though, but, I mean, Jerry Krause made the, you know, Pippen needs a contract, and he's over in Serbia courting some guy that nobody really knows all that much about at that point. And, I mean, those, let's be honest. I mean, those guys were great players, but the, with that usually comes fairly large-sized egos as well. Well, they clearly had egos. I mean, they'd and, probably be the okay, first to tell you. And, and, I mean, all Jerry Krause had to do was look at how Phil Jackson handled those guys to know that you, you can't talk to guys and treat those kind of guys like you would regular people, because they're not regular people, particularly in the confines of the sport. 
You know, those guys need kid gloves. And in, in Michael's case, it was pretty much, well, whatever Michael says pretty much goes, and it's pretty hard to argue with him because the results are there to back up the talk. Yeah, so, yeah and two coach was a guy, they took him in the second round, uh, and the Bulls didn't really care for the pick because Krause had ta- had touted, you know, this guy's going to be the future of the Bulls. Really this tough. is, a, you know, yeah. we want to have him around. And this was early, what was it, 1990 they drafted? 1990, the second round. And they, yeah, second round pick in 1990. You still got Jordan, you still got Pippen. They're, they're both in their primes. And you're saying this guy's going to be the future. He hasn't, and he decides to stay overseas a couple more seasons, which was probably for the best for him. Because if he came over, he probably would have had to travel with shit in his bag every night. But Kukoc, you know, they, they play Croatia, and the first game, Michael and Scotty just come out and say, Kukoc is ours. Nobody else is guarding him. Right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> they just, this <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, this poor guy. They, they interview Kukoc, who's just like, and I love Tony Kukoc. I do. I love him. I don't know what the hell I did. He's like, I don't even know these guys. And they're just jumping on me. And I love Tony Kukoc. Don't get me wrong. I've got his jersey here behind me. I love Tony Kukoc. Hey, I'm one of my favorite role players ever. There's yeah. nothing and there's no better fights than family fights. And when he you know, he was trying to they saw him as a guy who was without uh, reputation was gonna get in on their turf and they didn't like it. And in some ways you can kind of see it. You know who the hell is this guy? You think he's good? Yeah. Well, he Jordan even said you you think he's really good. Well, I'm gonna go and show you that he really isn't. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he did. They embarrassed him. <laughs> Those, well, I the mean, second Jordan game. Had, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. I was saying he had chips on it. He had he had chips on his soldier or shoulder and uh, like with the Drexler, uh, he took offense to being compared with the same breath as Drexler. And uh, he took offense to Krauss saying Tony Kukoc was the future of the Bulls. I mean, this was 1990 when they hadn't won any championships yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took offense to Barkley. Uh, so, I mean, this guy, it, it doesn't take much. I mean, okay, his dad but, even said uh, in the first, if you want my son to, you know, do something, tell him he can't or, tell you know. Yeah. So, But look what, I mean, to go with Barkley, but look what Charles said about him. You know? That was some pretty There's big still respect. Some There's still yeah, some Yeah, but he respected them, though. I mean, he said, you know, losing to Michael, there was no shame in that. I yeah, and I, I think – You know, what he I said, I thought I was, was the best – I thought I was the best basketball player in the world until I played against him, and I found out I wasn't. Right. The yeah, and Charles, apparently there's some, <laughs> there's, some, there's some rifts there still to this day, but uh, apparently Charles thinks they'll mend it. Jordan holds a grudge now. Uh, no doubt about that. Like he still got some some. There's some people he still doesn't like, and I'm sure Jerry Krause. He still even in death, he's not fond of Jerry Krause too much. Well, um, he's got enough. He's got enough money and enough clout that he doesn't need to kiss anybody's behind. No, he does not. Some of the and guys. And he's that, part owner of the Hornets, so he can do yes, what he wants there. Know, some of the guys like, you know, Barkley, okay, he's on television. I don't know what kind of money Charles has. I would have thought he should have a, a lot, but maybe he doesn't. And doing that job, you know, you kind of got to kiss, you got to smooch a little bit. And Jordan is not even slightly interested in any of that stuff. 
He don't care. Never did. So. Well, I mean, look. I mean, look how he went at, at, at Magic Johnson when he came in during the All Star game, and they're they're immediately all over him about you know you're in the wrong dressing room. This is the whiff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, they're just they're just giving it to him, and like so that's Magic Johnson for Christ's sake. Oh, he's not, busting his balls. They did not care. <laughs> he could have cared less. Well, that was when Johnson. That was in '98. Uh, and I laughed because it was uh, that was the year that that Michael played Kobe in the All Star game, and he said that Laker boy's just gonna take take everybody one on one. And they interviewed but he Kobe saw about it. In him. Yeah, he saw. Yeah, he did. In him, I believe. Yeah, he, so. he did. Well, and, he did. And, and Kobe even said he said, "If you love me, you have to love Michael Jordan because he, I am only what I am because of him." I mean, he yeah. came right out and said it. Kobe so, was a, was mentored by Jordan. Jordan yeah. apparently took Brian under his wing and, and and mentored him. And Jordan will even tell you. I heard Jordan say it in an interview one time. Uh, the closest person to compare me to is Kobe, because Kobe and I do the same moves. He modeled his game after me, and it's, it's eerie similar. And the thing, and I think that's a fair comparison. The thing that I think is really interesting about that whole show is it is very much, usually when they do these kind of things, they kind of avoid the controversy. They paint the guy in the, you know, oh, it's his darkest moment, and then he, you know, shines bright and is the great guy and everybody's hero at the end. And they haven't really done that with this in the sense that, you know, Michael's got a lot of warts. And they have showed them, and he hasn't minded the fact that they showed him, and he doesn't care. He doesn't see him that way, mind you, either. He, he well, I think just, some you know, of he, the gambling issue, he's always been a gambler, and he would tell you that. And they were talking about Jordan with the competition thing, to go back to that. You know, he's on the plane playing with Ron Harper, playing poker for thousands of dollars. And then, you know, he comes up front with the, the you know, Bill Winnington and those the guys. The $1 and he's like, The $1 game, and he's like, yeah. hey, let me play. And they're like, Michael, we're playing for a dollar a hand. And Jordan Don't goes, care. Don't care. It's your dollar I'm after. I want I want money in my wallet. I want your soul. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just well, the kind of – there's I mean, never been somebody – I don't think there's ever been anybody that competitive ever. I mean, the, 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 the thing about the show is, is that whether you like them, hate them, are indifferent, and, and how you may feel about them as a person – you cannot, you cannot not watch that show and go. This guy is the goat. You try, try I, to find anybody. Agree. Try to find anybody else where guys who even guys who don't like him have to admit that you know, yeah, on the court though, that was a whole other story. I mean, he was just better than we were. The practice, as you or you all were. Talking about like Magic called him out and said, you're, you're down eight, Air Jordan, with so many men. And then he said it before no time. And Why did I they, say that? <laughs> yeah, they were up two, and then he talked about how he got he's, he got a foul call, and he's like, oh, we're back in the, in the States. You're getting yeah, those just calls. Just like the NBA. Just like the NBA. <laughs> and it was dead silence on the bus. That was great. And then he's like, well, he said, well, we better not piss Michael off anymore. <laughs> I like when they yeah. were – when they were taking the photo of him and like it was him and bird and magic and magic is standing behind him. And he tells him to get closer and magic Johnson goes, I can't touch him. That's a foul. 
Oh, I'd love that. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead here. Let's wrap up the last dance here because we got a lot more to get to, more stuff to talk about. Um, what do you guys? Any last thoughts this week on the last dance? We kind of spent about forty minutes on it, and and I love talking about it. It's we a, could probably do a two-hour show on it if we had to. But let's go ahead and wrap it up. It's an absolutely fascinating look at the best players in the game, talking about the best player in the game, what that we have never seen, at least in basketball, ever before. It's unbelievable. It's a great show. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I just – a few things. Just back to the game one thing real quick. Go ahead. Um, you know – the, the NBA didn't. The media, the NBA didn't look at it as a good look because what? He's McDonald's, Gatorade, Nike, and you know, at the, and this guy. That's just what's great about it, as Tim said. He's a human being. He's got everybody's yeah. got their issues or social problems. Everybody does their own thing, and he's scrutinized because uh, he's Michael Jordan. Uh, he uh, he was mad at Reebok. Because they wouldn't, he had to wear that shirt. What a great! Oh yeah, real, real quick. What yeah, a great yeah. Let's touch that, that. We 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 missed that. Let's let's get that. The U.S. flag. It was. I mean, that was just brilliant, brilliant nobody, on his part. You know, yeah, put nobody could U.S. Complain. flag over that logo. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to say? That we're going to you're going to put Reebok over the flag? Like you know, if you're going to bitch about it, I mean, you can't really bitch about it. And the that... look on his the look on his face when the camera hit him, and he's like, "Look what I did." And there's nothing that you was, can do about it. That right. was brilliant. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, now that's slick." Now when he's in the when he's in the in that SUV, and they say, "Well, you know, they ain't going to be able to cover it up like I'm going to cover it up." And I and I thought to myself, I couldn't remember. I thought, well, what did he do? And I'm waiting to see like what he did, and I go, "Oh, that's that's freaking genius." <laughs> it was. It makes me. I mean, in a, in a better way too. It looked like. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't say anything about it without looking like a jerk. So exactly. I don't know. Did anybody say anything back in the day? Never heard anything about it. Never heard I don't any recall, controversy. Yeah, I don't recall anything, so it worked. <laughs> no, it was brilliant. But, you know, I think it's it, – is it safe to say this is probably going to go down as probably the best sports documentary of all time? Well, so far, it, it, I, I can't see it. it better win some Emmys because I don't know how it can't. Oh, yeah, well, definitely. Like, I honestly can believe that this will, when it's all said and done and we finally finish the 10-part series, that we're going to look at this and say, wow, that was the best just in-depth look at a bas- at, at anything. I don't know, football, basketball, anything that we've ever seen. Because they're diving into the issues. They're not editing anything, which I think is wonderful. They're letting it go. Um, well, I don't know what ESPN had to do to do that, but good, good for them. He has not cared too much about what you take away from it. If you decide to not like him because of some of the things they say or, or right. what went down, he doesn't seem to be too worried about it. Right. Yeah, he said so, – well, he, he said, uh, if, you're, I'm, if you want to follow – think i'm a role model that's great if not maybe i'm not the guy that you should be following yeah and i i agree with that wholeheartedly quit trying to make him something he's not and you gotta have an attitude to me you gotta have an attitude like that if you want to be considered the greatest that's just me 
Um, yeah, no, no argument. Wanting, wanting and desiring people to like you does not make you the greatest. The greatest is being great whether people like you or not. And to me, I've that's always, what Michael Jordan has done. I've always said the reason he is the, the greatest is two easy numbers, six out of six. That's the, that's the reason. You can Man. throw all the other you can throw all the other stats, you can find stats to support any argument you want to make for anyone for that matter to some degree. But that six trips, six wins, however many MVPs and all the other nonsense. I just don't see I don't see the I mean LeBron's a great player. I just can't see the comparison when you get right down to the bones of it. Because if LeBron was, if LeBron had the killer instinct that Kobe Bryant had, or that Michael Jordan had, he'd be what nine and nine or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> he he wouldn't be three and six or two and six or whatever whatever his number is. That's the I difference believe you're between. right, Dan. You're right. That's I the, believe this has been a nightmare for LeBron. That's the James. difference. That's the difference between those two guys is that Michael Jordan would do anything to win, and played some defense, which LeBron. Is capable of, just doesn't do very often. Well, Ahmad Rashad asked him uh, in 92, if you got to take the last shot, who's going to take it? He looked right <laughs> at him and said, me. What a stupid question. <laughs> like, I'm taking it. Yeah, well, yeah it was great. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was, it's a great show. Well, well done. Kudos to them. All right, well, let's take a timeout, and we'll come back on the other side. And I tell you what, we're going to talk about the potential comeback of sports in the United States. Uh, We've got a few that have confirmed, a few that aren't far off. So we're going to take a quick timeout. And uh, listen, there's about to be a huge hamburger shortage in the United States. Um, So this could turn out to be a big issue. I know a lot of people are are nervous about it. Even the Wendy's and the, you know, fast food joints are limiting what you can get now burger wise because of this. Um, but you know, who's not limiting you stay classy meats. They are not putting restrictions on anything. And if you want to go ahead and stock up and get your hamburger and have plenty of it, go to stay and use promo code Widemen, And you'll not only save 10%, but you won't have to worry about going to the grocery store. You won't have to worry about putting on a mask. You won't have to worry about having human contact. It comes delivered fresh to your door, not frozen, and you'll be ready right then and there to stock up on all the supplies you need. Check them out. Use promo code WIDEMEN. Save yourself 10%. Hear a little more from Stay Classy Meat. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code Wide men to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code Wide Men, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com 
right now. And again, thanks to our wonderful sponsors at Stay Classy Meats. Go check them out. All right, guys. It's been a long, long few months. March 11th, the NBA threw the red flag in on the season, put a stop to it, and we haven't had any live sports really since. Uh, Everybody followed suit almost immediately. They've canceled all uh, spring sports for NCAA. There may be some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, NASCAR is returning May 17th. That'll be the first major sport to return with no fans, of course. NASCAR's coming back May 17th. That's not far off. Baseball announced, if I'm not mistaken, 50 days from today, as we record this on Wednesday, May 6th, they'll be returning um, for some sort of season of some kind. I can't, I don't know what, and I don't know the limitations on fans. The NFL is, uh, they've sent a memo to all 32 teams outlining procedures to open team facilities and expect them to be in place by May 15th. Literally, just got that ESPN update as I was speaking. And the NBA, we haven't heard anything yet, but we did hear some news that the NBA could be going to Las Vegas. The MGM Grand Resorts have offered an entire block on the Vegas Strip to play live or for the players to live and play to resume the season. There was about 15 games left, if I'm not mistaken, in the NBA regular season before the playoffs. Um, Don't know if they'll actually finish out the season, but we might get a postseason. We'll see. I don't know. There's a lot. The NBA has a lot to think about. There's also been reports that the NBA would start the 2020-2021 season in December and end in August and kind of change things around that way which I'm all for, by the way, just uh, throw that out there. If they do that, I am all for that. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, you're hearing a lot, and you're like me. You're keeping yeah, well, up with the rumors. I've heard NBA ask. considering playing games in Walt Disney World in Orlando. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, let, me, let me throw a few more things at you there. Uh, UFC, go ahead, go ahead. Is, UFC is actually happening on Saturday in Florida. No fans. No fans, uh, no um, in-ring interviews, just basically going to be the guys, their trainers on the outside and two guys at the table doing the call from what I understand, but at least it's live and real, I suppose. Um, NHL hockey seems to be following the NBA model to some degree. Um, They're looking at... uh, Basically, I believe it's Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, and Winnipeg, I believe, uh, because those those rinks all have um, entire complexes where there's hotels and restaurants and stuff all inside of the same yeah. place, so it's easy to keep track of everybody, kind of can just lock the doors, basically, and... Uh, but up here, I guess the trouble is, is that they will not do anything unless the... Uh, public health allows them to. So who knows, you know, what's going to happen there. It's hard to say whether that's going to go forward. And I see that uh, the NFL has just announced some protocols for reopening of team facilities, but I haven't had a chance to read that yet. Um, Yeah, that literally, that literally just came through and just broke. Um, Jeff, I know you're a NASCAR fan. Are you excited to at least get some racing back? Yeah, uh, and, and it's wild too uh, where they're going, to, what they're doing, and they've been 
discussing this the last couple of years, and now they're it's like they have. I mean, the, the coronavirus has gave them an excuse to uh, try uh, some midweek races because all the drivers and the teams have complained over the years that the season's too long. It stretches from pretty much. Uh, kind of like golf, but uh, stretches from uh, testing at Daytona in, in late January all the way to the end of November. So um, what they're going to do is they're going to, I believe, some races. They won't. They may not be able to go out in California like the, at the road course out there and race this year. Yeah, uh, and I don't specu- know. Watkins Glen's probably off. Uh, Watkins Glen's probably off the table right. too. And right, it could, and, and then there could be a case where they don't go to Doverdale. It's anywhere close to like New Jersey, New York, or even. New, it's hard yeah. to say what they're going to do. But Pocono. Okay, well, um, okay, well this says so, here that they were are returning May seventeenth at Darlington Raceway. Right, they're going to Darlington. They're going to have a four hundred mile race on which Sunday, will, which it says is kicking off a packed two week schedule, which was announced, I guess, last Thursday. Right, and uh, so, then they're going to have a uh, and and at Darlington they've only. They used to race there twice a year, but now they just race there once the 500 mile, the Southern 500. That Darlington's the uh, the first super speedway in NASCAR, like over a mile. Yeah. Uh, and they've been racing there since 1950. But now this year they're going to have three races. They're going to have a five or a 400 mile race on Sunday, and then Wednesday night they're going to have a 500 kilometer race, which is going to be. Uh, about 310 miles, 200, I believe, 228 laps. And then yeah. they're going to go to Charlotte for Memorial Day, the traditional 600-mile race on Oh, yeah, 24th. Coca-Cola. And then on Wednesday night, they're going to have another race at Charlotte, and it's going to be a 500-kilometer race. So uh, they're having they're midweek actually... races. They're going to see, how it, see if it passes the litmus test and see how it does. And then after that, I don't see how it doesn't. I don't see how it doesn't pass the litmus test. Because I, I, what else is there? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I think they might hit a home run with this. They might get some fans, just for even people watching because everybody so can't wait to watch something competitive. So, yeah. I mean, you're well, going to get maybe fans of NASCAR like, you know, I don't consider myself a, a fan of NASCAR, you know, like a big time fan, but I used to be. I used to really right. enjoy it. You may right. get some of those people back, and I'll tell you what: when they do come back, I'm going to be watching because I've watched enough guys' grocery games over the past few weeks where that's the only competition I've seen, and I love that show. But come on, man, I need something. You're going to right. get a certain amount of viewers just by putting up in the corner a little graphic that says "This is live and actually <laughs> happening now." It's not, you know, a race from ten years ago or. You know, or some something else of that nature, and they're smart too. I think having three in a row in one place, followed by four in a row in another place. So if they like, you know, if they let's say they have the first race, okay, we get a couple of glitches. All right, we're not setting up again in a brand new spot with new guys. Uh, you know, as far as staff and all that stuff goes, it's the same, probably the same dudes, the same uh, TV people, and all that kind of stuff. So it should be easier to make adjustments if they need to make them. And, I mean, I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but like I said, I'd, Christ, I'd watch Tiddlywinks right now if it was live. NASCAR needs a – they need these drivers to have some type of controversy, too, like they did back in the – They do. Yeah, they first missing. went on TV. 
I yeah. used to like when every once in a while you would see a crack up and a guy would get out of his car and walk over to the other guy's car and try to drag him out and punch his lights out. I used to enjoy <laughs> that greatly. And now I don't really know. I mean, who are the per- I mean, once uh, Dale Earnhardt died, I never really, that was kind of it for me for racing because I don't know any of the guys who race anymore. I don't well, have you a... Missed the, you missed the goat, Jeff Gordon. Um, <laughs> okay, I know, the, I know the name, but I mean, I'm so old, Nate. I remember... <laughs> I mean, my guy was Richard Petty. That's how old I am. The King. Oh, I used to love <laughs> Richard Petty. How can you Still not? Kicking. Goody's headache powder. This is Richard Petty. <laughs> I'm so Still goddamn kicking. old, I can't even see what I'm doing, but I still win. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's not far from it. Are I think husband? at Throwback Weekend there at uh, Darlington a couple years ago uh, at the 500-mile race, uh, he he took out one of his old like 64 Plymouth before the race and like was the like he was the pace car it was pretty cool he was 80 years old <laughs> i think he wanted you know, to stay uh, out there and race <laughs> you know a sport now that i think about it after talking about racing just for a brief moment not to change the subject but i'm going to anyway you know a sport that would survive really easily without fans and i haven't i mean it's not the most popular sport in the world but it's fairly popular is tennis Right, I, I thought you were going to say that you know you got two people and a referee and some lines people that are far apart anyway I, I wouldn't think to meet the protocols for and social distancing and all that for tennis would all be all that difficult. Yeah, and you know, with NASCAR, it tells me that they're doing pretty good too. If they don't have to have fans there, that they they must have got a really good TV deal. Uh, when, when oh, NBC I'm sure they're chopping at the bits. I would think I would I would think advertisers have got to be lining up left and right because a lot of the you know the mainstay advertising on sports channels is getting I mean who the hell's watching the sports channel right now I I haven't turned it to I mean short of turning it on for wrestling and I don't do that very often I haven't even bothered with the sports because I know there's nothing there yeah there's no use yeah. Uh, what do you think about this? Instead of that, like, yeah, I'd like to see them bring it back, but if they can't go to California, they can't go to Watkins Glen, maybe not Dover, Pocono would be questionable, it's close. What about going back to old tracks? Like, go back to Rockingham. How cool would that be? There was a lot of fans are wanting them to do that, and uh, there, and there was an old speed, uh, North Wilkesboro, that was a short track, but I think it's got yeah. grass growing up through the asphalt. <laughs> No, nah, well, kind of I probably sad, wouldn't go there. Sad, but... Kind of sad in a way. Okay, but, uh... screw that noise. We're going to have the man to Shinstonville 500. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> man or to whatever, Shinston. Or whatever the man to Shinstonville is, I don't know. But they're kind it's of Shinston, not Shinstonville. It's Shinstonville. <laughs> I'm calling it Shinstonville because everything in West Virginia has got a ville behind it. Not everything. <laughs> or town. Well, well okay. the name is just totally retarded like poker. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. From Man to Shinston is 203 uh-uh. miles. All right, so they drive there and they turn around and go back. This Man to Shinston 400. There we go. Book it. There you go. We'll have Jim Book Justice it, come on. Jim Justice will come on and say, just follow the fucking rules. <laughs> Yeah, I think Rockingham would be great to see him go back to. That would be uh, 
That was a fun track back in the day. Used to love that one. The, the where's, Rock. Uh, where's Daytona? Is Ohio? Florida. 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 Okay. All right. Just have the Daytona 500 every day. That'd be good. I'd, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Jeez, I'd get tired of that after a while. If you're gonna do one super speedway, it's got to be Talladega. No. All right, but but in Daytona, we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna up the ante a little bit. Uh, okay. I don't know what we're gonna have. Every ten feet, there will be a bikini-clad beach girl. Every no, ten feet. Um, you know? Well, now you're speaking. Now you're speaking my language here. And she will be modeling and uh, holding beers of. For I don't know why, but she's going to. Maybe she might. You might actually. Them. You might actually get Armando to watch this. Oh come on now! Armando follows this. This is horrible. Armando follows a sport where social distancing is no problem at all. Bullfighting. Oh man. Oh. They still do that. They just don't kill them anymore. Well, that's it. <laughs> FCC or, or <laughs> soccer, which nobody watches, so that's easy for social distancing. I mean, I don't know. Watch it during the World Cup. That's it. World Cup. I mean, Major League Baseball is crying. I mean, and I don't know. I think empty stadiums probably helps Major League Baseball. They don't have to show these guys who fall asleep all the time during the games. I'd say uh, empty stadium for baseball. That's just a normal every everyday game for baseball. But uh, especially for the Marlins. And uh, actually, soccer is actually now that you mentioned that. I believe German soccer has to go ahead for mid-May. And I believe in England, the Premier League, which is the biggie over here anyway, that it's yeah. actually not far from starting up either because it's it's so tight. I mean, we think it's tied into the economy here. I mean, in England, I mean, soccer, every, you know, that's is it, it doesn't get any bigger, and the the no no money no money being generated from no soccer games is killing that country. Yeah, I mean, think of the pubs that do the business over there during soccer season and among other things. But yes, folks, I think we're close. I think we're close indeed. I think we may actually start getting some sports back and, um, you know, maybe not with a crowd, but we may at least get some. No, here here they've already said there will be no, um, no large gatherings, no concerts, no festivals. There won't be any of that, and I believe uh, Vancouver has even said there won't be any of it until there's a vaccine. So that's basically saying no time soon. Well, you never know. Yeah, but that's probably a good six months off, if not more, depending on unless somebody really hits the jackpot. But well, again, but at least we can get something on television worth watching. Like I'm, I'm willing to take baby steps here because you know being home and quarantined isn't so bad. If there's something to watch, and yeah. The Last Dance has provided something to watch, uh, some kind of sports would be worth it to me, even if I am stuck watching. Well, I don't even know if I could watch baseball. I'll try. I, I'll get, I will try. I will try my best. I would watch it at least once just to see, okay, how are they going to present this with no fans? Yeah. I mean, I've watched because... the arena wrestling. That's bad enough. I mean, baseball has a lot of dead time compared to a lot of other sports where you need good announcers and you need something to talk about. You know, there's a lot of where there's no action. So that's part of the problem of baseball to start with. But anyway, that's another show. 
Yeah. But All the, right. Well, I, go ahead, Dale. Real quick, uh, Dale Jr. actually said today that he, just like we were talking about, that he felt like there was going to have millions of fans at two in who otherwise wouldn't, who will see how great the sport is, and that he, it's a chance to maybe get some lifetime fans and something else. The drivers are going to have to wear a mask. Everybody at the track will have to wear a mask until they have to put their helmets on. Hmm. See, I would think, too, I mean, I, want, I don't know if they got any plans for it or not, but you would think they would work in some kind of multimedia angle. Okay, we got no fans, but we want to give you something more to see than just the cars going around in circles. So maybe we get some, I don't know, maybe we get some ex-drivers, maybe we do something on the Internet through <laughs> YouTube or something like that where there's some kind of commentary going on of guys who used to do it or yeah, something to keep people invested. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, knowing NASCAR, they'll probably sell sponsorships on the masks and on the, uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> can you, uh, oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> this can you section bet? of people eats is brought to you by Tide. <laughs> can you bet on NASCAR in the States? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you oh, know, okay. I mean, well, they've had the well, iRacing be... stuff, and you can bet on that. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that'll, that'll be a big thing because I know the UFC thing is just Vegas is just happier in the pig and mud because they haven't had much to, for anybody to throw their money at. So, you know, a legitimate sporting event is always nice. Oh, yeah. I UFC. mean, you can bet. Although you can definitely UFC, bet on NASCAR for sure. UFC might not be considered a legitimate sporting event sometimes, but. Depends on who's fighting. <laughs> I don't want to Here's the thing, things. guys. What what happens if somebody like if, like the NBA opens up and a few players get it like uh, the guys from the Jazz? I mean, what happens then? Have they made Again, a protocol that, for that? I I would say they just shut everything down and we go back to full on lockdown, and we probably kiss any hope of any sports for the rest of the year goodbye. They have maybe to football. Up, you might get football. They have to come up with some way. I mean, the, the methods are there. It's whether they can implement it or not. They have to and have I think enough this is... tests. Go ahead. They have to have enough tests and some access to a lab to get results on these tests. And they pretty much have to test everybody every day. Well, I think this is why that we're getting, why this is taking so long to get, you know, the NBA and these other sports back. Because they're trying to come up with that what-if scenario. They're trying to come up with an answer to everything. Well, the NHL came up with a model and a number. They figure they need 200,000 tests to, to, start, to start up. That's what it's going to take to test every player, all the peripherals, the trainers and coaches and whatever yeah. arena staff and all this kind of stuff, whatever they need. And then they... They've got some kind of – they wouldn't really get into it because, of course, it's a, a kind of a changing thing as situation changes. But they've mm-hmm. got some kind of thing where they'll test everybody's uh, – you'll take their temperatures and all this kind of stuff. And they, I would imagine if – you're probably right. If somebody tests positive, that's probably it. We're probably finished, which is probably I, why they won't, they won't start up unless they're pretty sure they got it beat. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. All right, here's what we'll do. We'll uh, take another timeout, 
and we'll come back. And on the other side, we'll pick up where we left off with the NFL draft last week. We got a lot to talk about the first half, or well, the rest of the NFL draft from the first round and more. Uh, we'll hear some more from after we hear from Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Thanks to our great people at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They do a wonderful job. they got new collectibles up. Go check them out, facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. All right. Before we get to the NFL draft, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you didn't fill up at dinner, and I hope you're not sleepy yet because we've got a bogus buffet bedtime story. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Tim. That's the uh, Jimmy Buffett featuring the Wide Men Can't Jump primetime players who you might not recognize because they're wearing masks because they're social yes. distancing for that. So, cause they that are, they uh, are. And Jimmy's coming to you live from a closed down Margaritaville in <laughs> Greensboro, North Carolina. That's a hologram. Who are you kidding? But anyhow. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I'm going to give you a few little stats here before I tell you the story. See if you can maybe guess from the stats, Jeff player may be um, <laughs> uh, NCAA champion in 1982 with the uh, North Carolina uh, seven time NBA all-star uh, finals MVP this is probably given away in uh, 1988 and uh, three time NBA champion 85, that would be, 87, 88 that would be James Worthy that would be yep. James Worthy you sir are correct well uh to make a sword. No, say what now? Get any uh, harder ones than that? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, big F you. 
So we've got uh, James Worthy, great player, well-known guy. Uh, November the 14th, 1990, James is in, uh, Lakers are in Houston to play the Rockets. And, uh, well, James is getting a little bored. So uh, he uh, calls the local uh, escort service. And uh, orders himself up a couple of ladies of the evening. Ah, her uh, Abram style. Yeah, unfortunately, unbeknownst to uh, James, the uh, police had already shut down the escort service. <laughs> and they sent two undercover vice squad officers to the hotel where, <laughs> ja- where uh, James was promptly arrested for soliciting prostitution. Uh, he was late to the game, apparently. Uh <laughs> He was uh, got a year probation, fined a thousand bucks, and had to do forty hours of community service. But the worst part, and I didn't know this. This was the part I didn't know. Apparently, Pat Riley at the beginning of the year had the wives and girlfriends come in and with the team, and he gave a little team speech that basically the gist of was, uh, "Look after your men." And what happens on the road stays on the road. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making this up. And apparently, Mr. Uh, Mr. Worthy's wife was uh, not a big believer in this theory, and lost her shit. And uh, well, let's just say that James Worthy was short quite a bit of cash because he had to get a divorce. Uh, so. Oh uh, and, man! And what, what and what is the lesson learned here, uh, ladies and gentlemen? Never go to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy hookers unless you know they're for sale. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Well, apparently the L.A. Lakers. Now, I guess it's kind of well known that Magic Johnson was a rather active individual. Uh, you can't that, prove that. Apparently, that entire team. <laughs> was very much into the females, if you know what I'm saying, by very much into it. Yeah, indeed they were. All right. What? So there you go. August Buffet was quite the, uh, yeah, James Worthy. Bad guy. Don't like him anymore. I still like him. Only, and Michael Jordan said, only two prostitutes? Really? Only two? <laughs> Herb Abrams <laughs> calls that a slow a slow Wednesday. All right, we're not going to play the Jimmy Buffett song because we've got a lot to get to in so little time. Let's dive into it, guys. Last week we talked NFL, and before we, we talk more NFL draft, uh, give a big condolences to the family of Don Shula, the legendary Hall of Fame coach, has passed away at the age of 90. So rest in peace, Don Shula. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the draft here. We left off think, last uh, week. We... Do you think Shula's tombstone's going to have undefeated on it anywhere? I mean, seriously, seriously. I seriously. would. No, no, seriously, yeah. I'm thinking you've almost got to put that on there, don't you? Yeah, I mean, might as well. Right. well uh, all right. We left off. We left off last week. We did the Atlanta Falcons was our last pick. We looked at their draft, and um, let's go ahead and dive into. The Dallas Cowboys, Tim's favorite bunch here. My, my favorite dysfunctional team. 
They go with C.D. Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma, with their first pick at 17, who uh, then promptly made sure his girlfriend did not go through his second phone. I'm sure that relationship is going to blossom. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, quarterback, cornerback from Alabama in the second round, third round, they go Neville Gallimore, tackle from Oklahoma. They eventually take a center, a corner, a D end, and late in the seventh round, they take Ben Danucci, quarterback from James Madison. Uh, you know what? We'll start with Tim since he's the Cowboy guy. What did you think of the Cowboys draft, Tim? I was very surprised they picked him. Um, good pick, mind you, but I'm still was kind of surprised they picked him. Uh, they kind of really needed some more defense, I would say. Although he's he will be a great player, I think. Um, they got a corner, so that was good. I mean, anything on the on the defensive side of the ball was great, and they, basically that was their next what? Their next five picks were all defensive players, and then they I'm not sure about I don't know anything about Ben. Danucci from James Madison, the quarterback they picked. Don't know a thing about him. I assume that's a project. But, uh, you know, for the Cowboys, they actually managed to not uh, fail despite themselves, so not too bad for them. Jeff? Some people think that uh, they won the draft. Uh, I'm not so sure. I think, you know, of course, always a verdict's out there still, and it will be uh, for at least a a couple of years just to see how these guys pan out. But uh, C.D. Lamb said that he hadn't had any contact with the Cowboys before that uh, at all. Like, I mean, Well, I don't imagine they expected him to be there. But, I, right. They, they I, didn't expect him I don't to be think there. they did. <laughs> I'm quite sure but, they didn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, good for them, bad for me, <laughs> I guess. Uh, being a Giants fan, I mean, I thought they might uh, take a corner, but like I said, he fell there, and then they end up getting. I think they took a corner from Alabama, right? So yeah, uh, Alabama was it Alabama? Okay, so uh, I think I mean, uh, let, let me let me double check that. It was either Alabama or Ohio State, I think. It was Alabama, Alabama yes, Alabama. Alabama. So yeah, you can't uh, you can't be mad at that, and uh, that was a Jerry pick. I mean, he was excited that they got him. I mean, uh, now I mean who. Um, Who's the other uh, Gallup? I mean, he's a good receiver. They might have some uh, leverage there with him, like trade bait maybe. So uh, yeah. Well, and then they, I mean, we didn't know it at the time, but then they went and got uh, Dalton, and now I think I mean to be honest, the Cowboys are looking pretty good on paper. (laughs) Best backup in the league. He's the best backup in the league by far, I think, except maybe for Winston. I don't know. I think I almost. I, I don't know. It's close. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Dalton at seven million. That was a pretty good pick for a backup, and you don't know what you're going to get from Prescott. Clearly, you know, he's kind of lukewarm. Um, I I don't blame him a bit for taking C.D. Lamb if he falls that far. I mean, why wouldn't you? I don't blame him a bit. So you know that that's a good pick there. Well, they go somebody... a little. Let's go ahead. Well, I was saying they're going. Defense heavy for most of the rest of the draft outside of the center and the uh, quarterback they take. Um, you know, I, good picks for the Cowboys, I thought. It makes sense. Jerry picking from his yacht. Maybe you should do that more often. Um, <laughs> man, did he, not look like, did he not look like the biggest boss ever during the draft? He was just sitting there on a private yacht. 
<laughs> the loneliest rich man in the world, I think, because nobody likes I'll him. I'll tell you what, give yeah, me his money, I'll be lonely. His phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, so that's the Cowboys draft. Now, the next two picks we've already went, the next three picks we've already went over, and that was uh, Miami taking Austin Jackson. We talked about that. We talked about Vegas taking Damon Arnett, which was the pick that made sense to me. Uh, uh, Clavon Chat. I'm struggling tonight. Clavon Chason. Chason, yes, the defensive end from Jacksonville takes. Let's go ahead and go down to Philly. We didn't talk about the Philadelphia Eagles last week. And we've got more than a few things to talk about with them. Uh, Their first pick, let me get to their team here on my list. That's the the waiting music. All right, here we go. They take Jalen Rieger, wide receiver from TCU, in the first round. Then in the second round, they shock everybody and take Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. They take Davion Taylor, linebacker from Colorado, Kavon Wallace, a safety from Clemson. They end up, they have a bunch of picks. They go a tackle in the fourth. They have uh, John Hightower, a wide receiver in the fifth. Three sixth-round picks. That they use a linebacker, another wide receiver, and a tackle. And then their last pick is a defensive end. Uh, a lot of picks for the Eagles. I think they they went major reach here. With their first pick, what say you guys? Jeff, we'll start with you here. What What do you think about the Eagles draft? Well, another reason why I think the Cowboys did really good was because the Eagles had a, what, you know, I'm going to give them a D. Okay, I don't like grading teams, but I just felt like they had more needs and uh, to get. I, I didn't. I don't know what. I mean, I know Wentz is injury prone and has been, and it's always had good. Have a good backup, but I just I thought they could have done a little bit better. And that's uh, with some with Philly and then Dallas being really close last year. Uh, I think they were one game off. I believe the Cowboys were. I mean, uh, I believe the Cowboys are the front runners for the division now, uh, just because of based what happened out of the draft and what's happened yeah. in the off season. So uh, I could see the Cowboys going ten and six and winning the division. Tim, what do you think? Well, you know my great love for the Eagles, of course. Um, (laughs) They didn't really, I mean, like when you first look at this, I go, okay, who the heck is this guy? And is he really a first-round pick? Probably not. But when you look at their receivers, um. Their top catchers were tight ends last year. Uh, and Deshaun yeah, Jackson's and the- getting Deshaun Jackson's getting old. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Nelson Aguilar went to Oakland or to Vegas. He's gone. <laughs> well, that's I it for his know. career. I mean, yeah, he's go finished. Ahead. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is is 30 years old. Like, and they needed, a, they needed a receiver. I just don't know that this guy fits the bill or not. Because he's not very big. He's not even six feet tall, uh, which these days for a receiver is pretty tiny. Um, he went to TCU. Apparently he's quick. Very fast. 
But I mean, Justin Jefferson was still there. Brandon Ayuka was still there. Uh, you know, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr. were still there. There was, I think, there was a lot better receivers that could have been picked here than him. And I'm surprised Unless... that there wasn't a move up. I'm surprised that they didn't try to maybe trade with a, a San Francisco or maybe trade with a uh, possibly a, a Atlanta or, or somebody to trade up and get C.D. Lamb because they the could. Yeah. yeah, I don't know yeah. why they didn't do that. That would have made a lot of sense for them, but I they mean, didn't. Is that, I mean, is that part of the reason why the Cowboys – I mean, not only did they not expect him to fall to them at their pick, but that also might have been one of the reasons they took him is because they knew well, maybe Philadelphia – they need a receiver, to, clearly. I mean, I think yeah. they needed a receiver. I mean, they've got Cooper and Gallup, but, I mean, yeah, but they don't, talent. they don't need one as bad as what Philadelphia did, though, or does. In my opinion, Dak Prescott needs weapons, and he only and losing Jason Witten hurts more than if, what people think. And I think if, that that if, hit, that Lamb is going to be a, a huge piece. He may work his way into that number two spot before the year's over. If Dak if Dak Prescott isn't careful, he won't be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I, I agree with that, Tim. That's very true. Because Lord uh, knows, if there's anybody who can turn on a dime, it's Jerry Jones. Yeah, and he still hasn't signed, and he hasn't signed yet either. So, well, I it, are they going to franchise tag him if he doesn't? I, Is that the... I, be- I believe he has until tomorrow. I think, to be honest, okay. I believe it's tomorrow sometime. And if he doesn't sign that, then I don't really know what happens at that point. I think they can franchise tag him. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but Elliot, but, I, uh, did, they did pay Elliot, didn't they? They paid him. Yeah, he's the only one that left of the big names, but. I mean, as far as the pick goes for the Eagles, to get back to that, not sure about that first pick. Uh, I'm not that sure about Jalen Hurts either. I, I don't despise him, but I, I don't know. You know, like they had way more important spots than it just tell. I mean, I guess all that tells you is they're not really uh, all that thrilled with uh, their current quarterback and what kind of shape he might be in. Um, I don't, I don't I'm know. Gonna, I, the wide receiver pick puzzled me a little bit. Thought they could have got a better talent. Uh, but then again, maybe they know something we don't. I can't just – they did need a receiver. Yeah, well, there's, all, there's always injuries and contract situations and all that kind of stuff that we don't know anything about. So, uh, I actually like the Hurts pick for them. I think Jalen Hurts is a talent. I know most people look at him and, you know, they're like, oh, he's the guy Tua took the job from. That dude had a year at Oklahoma, and he played in two completely different systems in college. He played at a very, you know, balanced system in Alabama and then went to a very pass-heavy system in Oklahoma, and he did well in both. And honestly, there for a while, I had him as my Heisman front runner um, until later in the season. But I think he's a good pick. I think they got talent in the second round, and I think – Carson Wentz's days as a starting NFL quarterback are numbered. I think he's too hurt, too injury prone, and he's proved that he can't handle it. And it's not so much his fault; it's just it, he's he's getting injured too much. You yeah, can't do they, have that. Uh, do they see Jalen Hurts as a slightly like a Michael Vick-like kind of guy? Is that what they're? I think they're going on uh, similar to Kyler Murray. Because I know the knock on Hertz was that he holds on to the ball way too long 
and he can't mm-hmm. read defenses for shit, which is not unusual for a rookie quarterback, but he isn't he isn't going to be able to run away from people. I mean, ask Kyler Murray. He found out about that, too. Running away from college defenses isn't like running away from pro defenses. Absolutely. And he was, and he was running for his life. So I don't know how good the Eagles' uh, offensive line. Is it any good? I mean, I, I don't really know off the top of my head, Jeff. You got anything I, on I, that? I don't know either. I mean, can they protect him if he's a little slow? Who's that? Philadelphia. Oh, uh, I'm not. I'm not sure on their line. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not either. Where's Tom Robinson when we need him? Um, <laughs> he would just have some conspiracy theories. Anyway, I mean, I just think that. I mean, it's not so much that Jalen Hurts sucks or anything because he doesn't. I just think for their second pick, they had way bigger holes than quarterback. Right. That's what yeah. I like. And I mean, they were nine and seven last year. I don't know that they did very much to be any better, which is kind of the point of the draft. So Yeah, I guess I can't argue with you there. But um, it, it is important to have a backup, and uh, more so than any, you know, any time. And that's why I think Dallas did good getting Dalton. Yeah. Again, Cam Newton's still out there unsigned, so you never know. But he wants a starting job. He doesn't want to right. be a backup. So yeah, he may not even play this year. Yeah, he's going to be in tough, but. All right, next. next team up, Minnesota Vikings. Fifteen picks in the draft they had here. Uh, we'll go through a few of them. First round, they had two. They took Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU, and Jeff Gladney, cornerback from TCU. In the second round, they took Ezra Cleveland, tackle from Boise State, and Cameron Dantzler, cornerback from Mississippi State. They also took a linebacker, a couple of linebackers, DN. Another corner, wide receiver, lineman, a quarterback, Nate Stanley from Iowa, safety, DN. What didn't they take in this draft? They had 15 picks, for God's sake. Um, what, what say you, Jeff? What do you think of the Vikings draft? Well, I mean, that, I know they did a lot of good things. They get a lot of they get gained a lot of uh, draft capital, as they say. But I mean, yeah. usually you're only going to keep. Out of the 17 picks, they're probably just going to keep eight guys. Uh, unless, I mean, I don't Practice think squad, maybe that much. But um, the Jefferson pick made sense because they lost uh, Diggs. Yeah. And, of course, as we talked about before. <laughs> they, before they, used that, they used that pick to get him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and before that draft, we talked about how um, – they're notorious to uh, pick corners, which I believe a couple of us may have had them taken, Gladney, but not that pick, the 25th one. But um, or, uh, we did have him, but they, they, the flip, the, uh, they flip-flopped at the picks. But, um, I mean, they've, they've ta- they they like taking corners in the first round. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they, they really do. And I think, I mean – with maybe Green Bay going into as we talked about them taking love. Uh, one of us predicted it. Who was it? Uh, it wasn't Jordan me. Love won, won the Packers. Uh, it wasn't but, me. Uh, Tim, was that you? I don't think so. It was maybe, but 
Uh, oh, so then why are you asking then? <laughs> I just looked on my list. Oh, well. but, uh, don't, don't, don't break your arm, pat yourself on the back no there, Jeff. <laughs> I just noticed it's on my CD, oh, but on down. Give me an easier to... one. <laughs> <laughs> but, Why do you have uh, a bowl of pasta to celebrate there, Jeff? Yeah, no shit. Hope you choke on your pasta, yeah. Uh, I think they're going to. I think the <laughs> total girl that one division. time. Come choke on my pasta. <laughs> I think they did good with the Packers. Uh, you know, not picking like they probably should have, and then the Lions. Uh, well, they're, you know, the Lions and, and the Bears that <laughs> uh, tied in, for, uh, uh, and they already had nine on the roster. Ten tied in. So, you know. <laughs> oh, the Chicago, the Chicago Raiders. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I they thought they were going to land Brady. All the tight ends, let's get the man tight ends. I don't know what that was about. All right, anyway. Tim, thoughts on the on the pick from Minnesota? I thought I thought Minnesota did well. I mean, I mean Jefferson shouldn't even been there. He should have been. If nothing else, that's who the Eagles probably should have picked. Yeah, before. I thought so too. Yeah, um, I thought that too. On the corner, uh, yeah, maybe a little bit small for a corner, maybe. But comes well recommended. So, I mean, I think they could have done a lot worse. And Lord knows, somewhere in those 362 picks they made, there's got to be somebody you would think. I mean, could they have missed One of these guys times? is going to be okay. You got to feel that way. Yeah, they couldn't have missed 13 times. 17. Well, <laughs> Who's counting? Well, I'm counting the first two as, as being okay. I think uh, those two will both probably play. That's, that's what everybody thought about Anthony Bennett and uh, Ryan Leaf, too. But anyway. Well, you yeah, can I never thought... know, you know about anybody entirely until the season yeah. starts. But I thought they did well, pretty good. I like the, I like the, the Jefferson pick. I mean, I even like the, you know, I, I like their pick at the corner. I do. I, I thought it was a good pick. Um, I think, that, you know, they did well with the picks they had. I like Gladney. I had him going in the first round. Um, so, yeah, I think Minnesota did well. I mean, clearly they're not going to be able to keep all 17 of their draft picks. But, you know, you're giving guys a chance here. So, why not? You never know. All right, let's go to the next pick in the draft we talked about already was the Los Angeles Chargers. They took Kenneth Murray. You can hear that on last week's episode. Uh, let's go to pick 24. That was the Orleans Saints. They only had four picks in the draft. First round, they take Cesar Ruiz, a center from Michigan. Uh, Tim, you can tell us more about him if you know anything. Uh, third round, they had two picks. They take Zach Bond, linebacker from Wisconsin, and Adam Trotman from tight end from Dayton. They just beat the Bears to him. And the seventh-round pick, they take Tommy Stevens, quarterback from Mississippi State. Jeff, we'll start with you. New Orleans Saints, what do you think of this draft? Well, I think a lot of people thought they might uh, take some more offense, uh, like with skill players. But, uh, you know, as you, I think, touched on last week, Nathan, you can never really blame somebody, a team for taking a lineman. Usually centers don't no. go in the first round. Uh, yeah. they, they sometimes will go in the second round. But at the same time, as you mentioned, they only had four picks, so they want to they eyeball on their guy. And they want to make sure they got him. And uh, I, I still think with their team, the talent that they have, they're they're going to be a threat. They'll be up there with the 49ers and 
possibly the Cowboys. Uh, well, it's, it's going to be a shame when they don't win the division. But yeah, sure, they, they could they could be a threat. Uh, I, I'm like you. I think the Buccaneers have. They, it's going to be a really difficult division. <laughs> uh, Second hardest division in football, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I used to think the NFC West was tough, but uh, I mean uh, the NFC's got really good all of a sudden. So uh, anyway, I mean the AFC, the AFC West, and well, the NFC West is probably the toughest, just because I think Arizona has gotten so much better, and right. you're also Seattle's always good, the Rams are good, uh, the Forty ers are a perennial Super Bowl contender. Um, if it wasn't for the Panthers, man. The Panthers have uh, they've sucked their way into making us not the toughest division anymore. But, yeah, the NFC South's going to be rough. The Falcons, you know, you never know with Julio and those guys. You never know with Julio Jones and Amari Cooper – or not Amari Cooper, excuse me, Calvin Ridley and Matty Ice and, and, and company. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Tim, what do you think about New Orleans, their draft? They beat the Bears to the other tight end. Uh, I'm sure they're pissed. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, that pick is puzzling to me. Not because really? the player, the player's pretty good. Well, they, they drafted a center last year and he played 16 games. Why are you drafting another one? I think he, this well, was a guy who could play multiple positions. He can play, he can play guard. That is true. So uh, maybe that's why they take him. Right? Now that, I, I don't know a hundred percent, but he's big. I know at least playing in Michigan anyway, he was the, the he's the weeble. You know, he wobbles, but he never falls down. He's got great balance, and he's got hands like two of a regular dude. He's, like, he's really big, so he should be good at that, you know. If they decide to play him at guard, he'll probably be fine there. But I'm just not quite sure why they – I mean, I guess maybe they don't like the guy that they drafted last year, I guess. But, uh, I mean, Again. You know, like can't argue when you're picking guys on the line when you got they've got an older quarterback who's not the mo- most mobile not a bad move in that sense but yeah and they didn't protecting your quarterback is never going to get negative marks from me yeah you, you can't fault them for doing that so at least they're sending the message to him that hey you know we're aware we're trying to help you out as much as we can <laughs> uh, instead of yeah doing we'll- a green- Instead of doing a green bay. Yeah, we're going to get to that here in a minute uh, where you don't help your quarterback. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get – you know, New Orleans, they didn't blow me away. I didn't think that their draft was like, oh, man, what a great pick. But, I mean, I'm not going to criticize it. it. It's not the worst thing in the world. They didn't reach. They didn't try to move up and make a ridiculous trade on a, you know, on a flyer. Yeah. They just went steady. They took their pick, and they moved on. So, I, I mean, can't – can't they were thirteen them. and three last year. How many holes do they have? I mean, exactly. When you're when you're getting this part of the draft, it's like, well, what do these teams need? They'd probably just go best available and like, okay, he may fit in with what we need to do. Yeah. All right. The next pick in the draft, we already discussed that was San Francisco. They take Brandon Ayuka, or however the hell you say it. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, you can send a letter to Rusty Shackelford at AOL dot com, and he'll take care of that for you. Uh, we got pick after that it's the one y'all want to talk about the green bay packers as the packers select quarterback jordan love from utah state with their first pick back in the second round with aj dillon they take a tight end from cincinnati the bears once again boo hiss 
uh, Josiah Duragura. They take a linebacker out of Minnesota, uh, Kamal Martin in the fifth. A couple uh, offensive linemen in the – three offensive linemen in the sixth, a safety and a D-end. So the Packers say are one game from the Super Bowl. They say they want to help Aaron Rodgers get there again. They take a backup quarterback, a second-round running back, and a tight end. No receivers drafted. Only two skill – well, I guess three skill positions drafted. One of them is a backup. Green Bay. Uh, confusing? I say so. Jeff, what do you think? Well, I mean, I I thought they might pick him. I really did because uh, Rodgers was the same There you age go. Pat as, yourself on the back again. Well, I'm just, well, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm going kidding. there with, uh, with that because I just – I mean, his stats have declined over the last few years. Not to say he's still not uh, a great quarterback, a good quarterback, uh, probably the most talented, uh, arguably the most talented there is out there. Uh, but but and, until Mahomes, I guess, came around. But I just think there's a rift between him and management or coaches. I think he – Feels like maybe I think he's kind of the LeBron of the NFL. He feels like he's his own coach, uh, and, and he, I mean, him and McCarthy didn't get along after. I mean, there's a the thing about Aaron; he just doesn't get along with a lot of people. <laughs> and uh, I think he does with Danny Patrick. <laughs> I think this is one of those possible signs. And here's the thing: what the Packers did, they were picking thirtieth, and they moved up four picks. Uh, yeah. The 26 in front of people that already had teams that already had quarterbacks. They must have really wanted Jordan Love. I mean, uh, Seattle, Baltimore, and Tennessee. I mean, that's where they uh, – and I think Miami was picking 26th, I believe, and they moved up to the 26th spot and got him. So, uh, and, they, and as you say, they didn't get – they weren't worried about getting him any receiver help. I mean, there were receivers – this was the year of their wide receiver. They could have moved up and uh, took a receiver. And there were some that dropped that was pretty good, like Pittman that went to the Colts. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of talent out, skill guys that were out there, and they just uh, – maybe they thought somebody might take him and move up with some of those teams and uh, kind of like the Tampa Bay did with getting the tackle. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, question mark, yes, but obviously there's more there than meets the eye. They, they want to – Maybe they just want the direction they see a lot. They see Jordan Love like they did 15 years ago in Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, possibly. I mean, Jordan Love and Rodgers is the age Favre was when Rodgers was drafted. The only difference is uh, Aaron Rodgers is not a happy-go-lucky kind of guy, and he's not going to get along with Jordan Love. If anything, they may have picked this guy just to motivate Aaron Rodgers a little more, just to piss him off. Uh, and it may have worked. Who knows? Uh, Tim, what do you think? I, d- I don't get it. Um, I, buddy, I, it makes a lot of us. The thing about it for me is, okay, all right, let's say the argument is Aaron Rodgers is losing it. They just signed him to a, a, a contract. So that sort of doesn't make sense. Got four year or he's got four years left. They're stuck with him. Um, and if he was losing it, why didn't they trade him 
and move up and pick a quarterback, a better one, instead of this guy, who who doesn't suck or anything. Don't get me wrong, but there was better quarterbacks if you really thought you needed one. I can't believe they just wouldn't have waited till next year and went after uh, somebody from next year, particularly Mr. Lawrence comes to mind, if you really want one. Well, I uh, think they were thinking that, you know, here's a guy played out West, Rogers played out West. He's tall. He's got skill. They, you know, maybe they saw something that we didn't that they liked. I think, and I think that they're just going based on what worked in the past because it worked with Rogers. And of course, I don't think they want, you know, Jordan Love to come in and start immediately. I don't think that at all. I think they wanted Jordan Love to come in and learn. And and maybe three to four, maybe when Rodgers' contract is up in four years, then give Love the starting job. So then why not? You you were one game away from the Super Bowl. That's where it gets complicated, I think. You're you're giving up? You decided that's it? You're not going to try to add some pieces to win and then worry about rebuilding when it's time to rebuild? I mean, who's? I mean, okay. Even if Jordan Love is the answer and becomes Superman, who the hell is he going to throw the ball to? Yeah, and they didn't pick anybody with all those picks. They only had eight picks. They could have picked at least one. They didn't take not one receiver. I mean, and against San Francisco, I mean, to to go another route, they got the ball pounded down their throats in that game. So what do they do with their first three picks? They pick offensive players. <laughs> yeah. They will have nightmares of mustard uh, for all year. Yeah, yeah for real. you got to kind of wonder if they're just kind of, are they calling last year kind of like it, it was a fluke? We really shouldn't have got there, and we're pretty sure we're not going to get there again. I mean, to me, if you don't want Aaron Rodgers, I'm fine with that, but then get something for him. Trade him. Use him to move up in the draft. Get a better player. Do something. Now you got a now you got a guy who makes an outrageous sum of money, who's thirty six years old, is pissed off, and chances are, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, he may not finish the season there. I'm gonna disagree. I think the, <laughs> you may want to put this down on paper. He may win MVP this year. <laughs> or he may get really pissed off. You're right. He might get really pissed off and go, I'll show you, you bastards. Yeah, and I'm thinking that's what's going to happen, is this guy is going to get pissed and, and win MVP. I mean, I don't think he gets along very well with the coach, despite what they say. It's the new coach, too. Yeah, it's just been there a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but he kind of was, I mean, he liked the other guy, right? I mean, that, the other guy was his guy. Well, for a little while, he did. But McCarthy, but, but, but I also believe, uh, Jeff, you're you're right on the money. Aaron Rodgers is a miserable, hard to get along with dude. Unless he uses his discount double check. I mean, he likes. <laughs> he's been the man there for a long time, <clears throat> and that was probably a rude awakening that at some point soon, he isn't going to be the man there or anywhere because he's getting old, and some guys don't take that too well. He didn't really embrace it. He didn't. I mean, he didn't come out and complain really either that I saw anywhere. Most of but, it was rumors and speculation, and Jordan Love did come out and say that he spoke with Rogers. It's just 
the media maybe kind of blew it up a little bit, but at the same well, time, you got to expect that that with, did, with this draft that Rodgers couldn't have been happy. They did do him wrong by not telling him. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's how you, especially if you know that he's kind of a volatile guy. Unless that was entirely the intent. Possibly. Was to piss him off, which we won't. I'll tell you what. We'll see see where it goes, right? We'll finish up the last part of the draft. We've got to take one more time out here, and we'll finish up what we're talking about here with the draft. We've got a few picks left, and then we'll talk about a couple of the teams that weren't in the first round, and we'll finish up. So we'll be back right after this message. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun. Be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Thanks to our great sponsors over at stripcamfun.com. All right, back to the NFL draft. At pick 27, the Seattle Seahawks took Jordan Brooks, linebacker from Texas Tech. Then in the second round, they take Daryl Taylor, defensive end from Tennessee. Damian Lewis in the third round, guard from LSU. They take a tight end uh, in the fourth, along with a running back, DJ Dallas from Miami. Uh, defensive end, Syracuse, tight end, tight end draft in this draft, which is uh, Bears move. And they take Freddie Swain, wide receiver from Florida, in the sixth round. Uh, Jeff, still Seahawks. What do you think? Uh, I was kind of surprised that they didn't trade out like they usually do. <laughs> yeah, normally they do. That was kind of surprising that they actually kept their pick. Um, I'm going to be go out on a limb and say the Seahawks not necessarily go on a big decline, but I know Russell Wilson's a playmaker and usually that I mean, he usually keeps his teams in it with a chance. Uh just you can't really go to sleep on him, but no, you uh, can't. I still look for I still look for San Fran San Fran to win the division again, and uh, I I just not, I'm not feeling the Seahawks this year. Uh, I don't I don't, I don't know. I just uh, they, they could prove me wrong and uh, prove me wrong and stick it straight up my rear end. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know, just never know. Tim, you know, what do you think? think? It was a bit of a reach, the pick. Um, I mean, what was he ranked? I think in 90th or something overall. Hardly anybody would – I mean, not really first-round material. But that being said, the uh, Seattle's defense is not what it once was. No, it's uh, not. So perhaps there's a bigger need there than you know, they're going to rely on Russell Wilson to run for his life yet again for another season. 
and make things out of nothing, which is he's pretty good at, admittedly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is a not a weird pick, but I mean, he's not really like you said. Why not just if if you're gonna make a real big reach, which to me this is a reach, then save that for the second round or third round or whatever, and get some more picks. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you and Jeff in terms of the reach. I think, or not a reach, but I think the Seahawks will be on the decline. It's got to happen eventually. I've been predicting it every year. Uh, eventually, I'm going to be right. But they just, just stick, and I just don't know how to do it. I don't give Carroll credit because I can't stand him. Um, but they just seem to keep winning. I'm going to give it to Russell Wilson. That's the guy that is doing it, not, not Pete Carroll. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump over here. We've got the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore selects Patrick, Patrick Queen. Linebacker from LSU in the first. J.K. Dobbins, running back from Ohio State. Steal, if you ask me, in the second. Defensive tackle from Texas A&M, and I'm not even going to try on that name. In the third, wide receiver Devin Duvernay from uh, Texas. Yeah, Yeah, the linebacker, a couple guards. Uh, they, They really just went all over the place here in the draft. A lot of picks for a team that really didn't need much help. Uh, Jeff, what do you think, Baltimore Ravens? I think they hit a grand slam, man, with their picks because it seems like people, uh, Patrick Queen, supposed to be in uh, a mid, like a late teen, early twenty pick. Yeah, and he dropped. Uh, I mean, they they hit a home run. Like I said, hit a grand slam with their pick, didn't drop, and then it seems like the rich got richer. Uh, then uh, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, that dude's a monster. I mean, he's he could start for them, and and he could be really good in their offense with, with Lamar Jackson, all the, uh, the options that they run, the gadgets and all that stuff. So, uh, and then they uh, got a receiver that, that dropped. I mean, it seemed like they just kept uh, getting all the benefits of people just passing up good players, and they addressed their uh, offensive line. You know, it's always good to get a couple you know, guard there, or whatever. But uh, I just, I think they. Uh, I, I think they got an A, a grade of A. Yeah. <laughs> Just from, I have from to where agree they picked you. in the draft and what they got. As soon as I saw they took Queen, I was like, that's a good pick. And then I see J.K. Dobbins, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, how? I don't think uh, I don't think you're going to have to worry about them next season. I think the NFC North is theirs. Uh, Tim, what yeah, do you think? Them and the Chiefs probably in the AFC title game. Yeah, I mean, not yeah, not only agree. is that a good pick, but but it filled the need, too, because they had two guys leave. So yeah. they actually they actually need a linebacker, and I think they were utterly amazed when they went to pick, and he was still there because he probably shouldn't have been. Um, and like you said, Dobbins is a complete and total steal at what did they draft him at fifty something? I mean, Fifty-five. Yeah, something like that, and he should have gone in the first round probably. Um, if you look at their picks and you look where they picked them, and yet where those guys were ranked. All way higher than where they picked them. So kudos to whoever's doing the whoever their their drafting team did did pretty well, I think. And they didn't yeah. need much help anyway. I mean, fourteen and two and all that. I mean, they were basically kind of uh, what would you say they had to lose so they could learn how to win kind of thing last year. So I mean, they're they're a Super Bowl threat. I don't know if they'll get there, but they're definitely a threat. 
Yeah, it'll be close for them. I think they may actually make it. Uh, all right, Tennessee Titans. They've just revived the career of Ryan Tannehill, shockingly. Um, <laughs> hey, why not, right? Uh, they take a tackle. Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia at 29. Uh, they take a corner, uh, Kristen Fulton from LSU in the second round, running back from Appalachian State, Darrington Evans. They also take a tackle. They take a safety. And just to be safe, they take Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald in the seventh round. Jeff, Tennessee, what do you think? Are they a one-year wonder, or is Ryan Tannehill in this draft for real? Well, I think they lost it. Did they lose a tackle in free agency maybe, or somebody retire? Jack Conklin went to Cleveland, I believe. So you can't, yeah, okay. So you can't blame them for addressing their need there, especially. No, definitely not. I mean, with uh, Derrick Henry being the rushing leader last year. Oh, you uh, got to have a good line for, for Tennessee, definitely. Right. So they're, I mean, they, and it just tells me they're going to stick to the game plan. Uh, well, pretty much what they did last year. I mean, and and Tannehill, like I said, Tannehill, uh, <laughs> I mean, he had a, a good year last year, and really, you might want to play him at linebacker, too, after he threw that uh, interception, and he ran that guy yeah, For down. real. <laughs> it was good for him tackling. So, it was. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, I still think they could be a threat. Uh, you know, I think the Colts did pretty good in their draft on even uh, having a first-round pick. And uh, they got some talented guys, of course, uh, in with Rivers. So I, I think they're probably uh, going to battle it out with them. And, you know, with that division, it's kind of – you never can tell. Uh, in Houston, uh, you just wonder if they made a mistake but trading off Hopkins. So, um, and, uh, and even though they got a great quarterback themselves. So it, it should be interesting, that division. Uh, uh, I could see 9-7 or 10-6 winning that division. Again, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely, Tim. Guy's the size of a house. He is. He's huge, so that bodes well for the running game, I would think. Um, I think Tennessee's problem is going to be if they if they run into teams they can't run against, then what? Well, then that's what happens when you play uh, the Kansas City Chiefs because that's kind of yeah. what happened. Yeah, I mean, I know, Tennessee what, I mean, just kind of went on a run out of nowhere. They didn't have like a dominant season. They no. just got into the playoffs and and hit their stride at the right time. I don't see Tennessee doing this next year what they did this year. Um, I think they'll win the division. May I, I don't know because the Col- I'm kind of sold on the Colts with Phillip Rivers. I don't know though. Um, it's going to be close. I don't know. We'll see with Tennessee. I'm torn. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's that legit. I'm sorry. I think he's just leaned on Derrick Henry a lot, and I think teams will be ready for Derrick Henry, and they're going to say, okay, Ryan Tannehill beat us. I mean, in the South, Indianapolis definitely got better. They did. Uh, Jacksonville, that's debatable. They got worse. They uh, and and (laughs) Houston taking first next year. Yeah, and Houston. Who knows? They're a weird so, one, Houston is. Yeah, that, that's a strange franchise. That franchise has been weird since day one, though. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of uh, – the only thing I'll say for uh, Tennessee is they, you know, you guys should be happy. They 
Yeah, we got somebody from, how do you guys say it, Appalachian State? Appalachian State. And they took a guy from Marshall, so. Yeah, yeah, they did. Safety, uh, Chris Jackson in the seventh round. Little hometown flavor there or or local area for you guys. Uh, Yeah, I, I think Tennessee was a flash in the pan for me. I don't see them being as good this year. Is the I think they stride at the right time. What's up? I don't know. I could see two teams making it from that division to the playoffs if, since they got seven. Uh, just Are like they getting seven this year? Is that, is that going into effect already this year? It might be. I think it, I think it is. If not, it'll be the next one. But I, I think I believe that's what they were saying. It's going to be seven teams mm-hmm. this year. Well, that would be interesting. Will it just be the uh, the top seed gets the bye? Yes, yeah, yep. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm okay with that. I, I say let's just make it. I say let's just make. It. I say let's just make it eight teams and be done with it. That way, nobody's getting a bye. Right. And that's what I say, but I think the bye week actually hurts more than it helps a lot of teams. But anyway, well, look at the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, it bit them. You never know. Well, let's look here. Uh, one more pick here because we talked about pick 30 in Miami and pick 31 with Minnesota. The Kansas City Chiefs picked 32nd here, and then we'll talk a couple of teams that had no draft picks in the first round, and then we'll call her a night. Uh, we're going a little long tonight. Hope you don't mind. If you mind, well, you can turn it off now. I don't give a fuck. All right, let's uh, – boy. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, last pick of the first round, Clyde Edwards – Hilary, running back from LSU. Um, not a bad pick there. Rich get richer. Willie Gray Jr., linebacker from Mississippi State. Lucas Niang, tackle from TCU in the third. Uh, they take a safety, D end, and a corner as well. Kansas City, the Super Bowl champions. They didn't lose a lot of people in free agency, but um, they didn't need much. What do you think, guys? Jeff, I'll start with you. That's what I said a while ago. Baltimore and them is probably going to be an AFC title game just because. They had an excellent draft, both, uh, and this guy's probably going to be uh, uh, probably one of the best PPR backs uh, in the fantasy league next year. <laughs> the guy they yeah, drafted in the first round, definitely. They so, uh, <laughs> hit a home run just with the pickets having the last pick of the draft, and I believe he was the first running back, right? He was. Uh, so, uh, I yeah, I expect more of the same from Kansas City. Uh, of course, they got a linebacker uh, to cover, uh, try to cover tight ends and things yeah. that they were kind of weak in last year. So uh, I thought they did good. Tim? I mean, it was probably the one thing Kansas City didn't have a real good one of because they didn't have anybody rush for, I think, for more than 500 yards last year. Well, they and lost Kareem they... Hunt because of the, his incident, and then he right, goes but... to Cleveland. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's. Just, I mean, if they were weak somewhere offensively, that was probably the spot. So you can't really argue with the pick. Um, like I said, the rich get richer, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Thought they killed it. Great draft for the Chiefs. And um, how long has it been since we've had back-to-back Super Bowl champions? It's been a, the Patriots were the last to do it, I believe. Uh, I mean, three and four season. I mean that yeah, might have been I'm... the one that might have been the one thing Kansas City maybe could have looked at. They could have maybe got some line help, maybe. Maybe. But I mean, again, they didn't lose a lot, so 
but but I don't know who was left by that point either that it would be an upgrade for them. But yeah, you can't. I mean, yeah. what can you say? I mean, for the Super Bowl champions, you can't really pick the team apart, can you? No, no, you really can't. Not, not really, All right, so. let's uh, let's uh, let's go to some teams without picks in the first round. New England Patriots. They they take safety Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rhine, probably the first player ever out of that college because it's the first I've ever heard of it. Josh Uck or Uck from Michigan, linebacker. Anthony Jennings from uh, Alabama, linebacker. They take a tight end. Devin Assisi from UCLA, another tight end. And Dalton Keene from Virginia Tech. Josh <laughs> Roshwar or Roshwar, whatever, kicker from Marshall. Uh, Rob couple Walker. guards, yeah, Rosenbacker, uh, if anybody gets that reference. Uh, Rick, Rick linebackers, Orville Redenbacher, uh, linebacker, lineman, just all over the place. New England, uh, no more Brady. Belichick's still there. Jeff, thoughts on their draft? Uh, well, everybody kept thinking, are they going to draft a quarterback, going to draft? They must like Stidham, okay. Um, somebody had tried to throw the throw something out there, a hot take, I guess. I'd call it a cold take that he might be throwing the season to get Kelly Lawrence not happening. He's not that type of person. Uh it'd be really a, uh, not I'm not Kelly Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Uh he's not gonna do that, I wouldn't think. And uh, They got a better chance of getting Tracy Lawrence. Yeah. I mean and he moved out of the draft. I think he would he get the thirty seventh and seventy first pick for the uh, pick number twenty-three or whatever it was, uh, something like that. He moved back, but but you know this is they do this. They, they gets value. That's, that's how he looks at this. And you know, and the more you drop in the draft, the less you're going to get for the players. You're going to get paid all the way from pick number one and on down. Uh, that's just that's the Patriot way. This is what they do. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess they're, they're the team that beat still yet in the AFC East, but. Uh, I, I but are see, they really? I could I could see the Bills, or even the Dolphins. Uh, I think it's gonna be a long year in New England. And you know, people's gonna rejoice if that happens. <laughs> well, you know, eventually, that's how it works, right? You can only be good for so long, and at some point, you you usually run out of. You know, you can only plug guys in for so long, and then you got to rebuild. And they've just they've reached that point. I mean, they had a hell of a run. Probably had one of the greatest, or if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, as far as winning goes, anyway. That's my quarterback. Uh, I mean, they ain't got, well, yeah, too bad you got him when he was 146, but anyway. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I'll uh, take it. Yeah, he's better than what you guys had, but. Uh, Amen. I, I, think <laughs> I, I, would, I would say New England will struggle to be 500 this year. We'll see. I, have no, I don't know. You never I know have with no Belichick, idea. man. But we have no idea what – I mean, it's kind of an unknown, really. We have no idea what they've got at quarterback. I have no idea who he's going to throw the ball to. And that's how sort Belichick of, likes it. He loves the yeah, fact that you don't have any of. idea. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of their – sort of their thing, right? I mean, you don't know who any of our players are, uh, but you'll know who they are when we win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. All right. Rocking. Somebody yeah. was rocking. Sorry about that. Like uh, let's move on but, to the team that I think is taking the division this year in the AFC East, Buffalo. 
They did not have a pick in the first round. They take AJ Epenza, DN from Iowa. They take Zach Moss, running back from Utah. Gabriel Davis, wide receiver from UCF. Uh, basically, if you're in a Power Five conference, they don't really care about you until they go at the fifth pick, quarterback in the fifth round, quarterback Jake Fromm from Georgia uh, in the fifth round. Take a kicker, wide receiver, corner. Buffalo, I think, wins the division this year. But I uh, don't know how how much help they're going to get from these guys. We'll have to wait and see. Jeff, thoughts well, on the Bills? About, well, they talked about the defensive end from Iowa he got. Uh, he was supposed to be in the first rounder, maybe, like a late first rounder. Yeah, so. yeah actually, I, think, I really like that pick. Uh, other than that, I'm, eh, you know, running backs, they're not getting anybody in the third round that's blowing me away on, that I – on paper. I mean, he may turn out to be a great running back, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Singletary, they had him last year. They picked him, and I, I, I thought they would be pretty happy with him, but I've watched Moss some, and they talk like he should have uh, probably, he dropped a little bit. So, uh, you know, they, I think uh, they got uh, better with, uh, I mean, with depth-wise uh, with some of their picks. With Frank Gore, I think he went to the Jets, so I guess they How is he to get a still in the league? <laughs> that yeah, man is still in the league. Administration. <laughs> he really has. That's not a joke. <laughs> like, that's not a joke. Like he, what was it? Two thousand? He got drafted. Something. I think he he was either playing in Miami uh, for the Hurricanes in two thousand, or he got drafted somewhere around there. But he's been playing. I a think long he got time. drafted in two thousand. I legitimately think he's been in the league for twenty years. Iron Man. And he still. And then you know what? He keeps putting up quality numbers. Like, he ain't breaking yeah. rushing records, but he's still getting the job done. That's why he's still there. Right. He had two ACL injuries, too, early in his career. That's, that's crazy. He's a fighter. Yeah. He really is. Uh, let's see here. Frank Gore was drafted. Frank Gore is, is like seven years older than me. My God. Oh, wow. He was that late? Okay. Apparently, he was 05. Oh, five. Okay. Well, okay, that's a lot later so, than I thought. Well, he should have came out. You know, he had McGahee and Portis in front of him in Miami, and I think he True. might have got a couple of red shirt years at Miami maybe because of his injuries, perhaps. Fifteen years is a long time for a running back. Absolutely it is. A long time. But uh, Buffalo. Yeah, Tim, team. go ahead. I think Buffalo got the – they may have got the steal of the draft with uh, Jake Fromm. And you know I'm why? I'm not sold on him. I'm you not sold why? on him. Why? He's, he's he's Tom Brady light. Doesn't have a great arm. Doesn't have a great arm. Average mobility. Smart as a whip. Works like a dog and as accurate as can be. In the right system, Jake Fromm will do well. Now, whether that's Buffalo or not is another question. But he has all the tools to be. If they don't try to make him into anything he's not, he could be a really good quarterback. And in the fifth round, you don't get that often. Well, I mean, it's worth taking a flyer on in the fifth maybe, but I'm not I'm not crazy about Jake Fromm. But, hey, you never know. may turn out. They did trade their first-round pick to get Stephon Diggs, so you can't blame them too much on that one. Um, so I don't know. I think Buffalo wins the division next year. I don't know about Josh Allen yet. Still on the fence with him. I just, I just don't know. Like I thought they were good last year. Will they be able to repeat a performance like that? We'll have to wait and see. 
few more teams left here. Let's go to the Steel City, Pittsburgh. They take at the second uh, second round pick Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, wide receiver Ed Bogus rejoices. Alex Highsmith, linebacker from Charlotte. Charlotte. And they take Booger McFarland Jr., Anthony McFarland Jr., running back from Maryland. They also take a safety guard defensive tackle throughout the draft. Pittsburgh, um, they traded their first pick for Minka Fitzpatrick last year. Not a bad pick. I mean, what do you guys think here? What do you, what do we think? Pittsburgh, do they still have a, a run in them here with Ben no. Roethlisberger? No. I think ahead, they're going to be – oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I just said I, no. I think, they'll, I think they'll finish third in the division. And uh, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. That'd be I, my I, guess. I, be, I believe uh, their, their runs come to the end. I'd say Roethlisberger, I mean, he's a competitor, but, you know, we talk about father time a lot. Eventually, I mean, it's just uh, time after time, after year after year, stuff has been happening with him. And he gets hurt. Uh, he's big. Uh, he's a pain. big guy. He gets hurt. He's slow. He's old. What's to like anymore? No offense to him, but yeah, they've had some good players leave uh, for one reason or another. Here, I mean, Bell and Brown. I mean, I think the. Uh, they kind of mishandled some of that stuff. They, they probably, I think it could have been good for both Bell and the Steelers if Bell would have stayed with us, with them. But uh, it's been bad. I mean, Bell going to Jets wasn't a good year last year, and then the Steelers. I mean, they were just mediocre last year, especially after Ben went out. So uh, then with Brown situation, so uh, they just they haven't been uh, handling the the uh, management the best. Uh, like they usually do. They do draft usually draft pretty good, but uh, and some of these guys they got uh, could potentially do well. You never can uh, count them out with some of the picks that they've made. Kind of like the Patriots and some of their picks they've made over the years. So, but uh, I I kind of see them finishing third in the division. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I still think they're second in the division. I'm not sold on Cleveland. And I'm not going to be sold on Cleveland for a hot minute. So, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Probably not. But do I think they have a – I mean, I just don't know. Pittsburgh's one of those teams that's middle of the road for me right now. They should have probably had a long, hard look at drafting a quarterback. I thought so, too. They probably should next year because regardless of how you feel about Roethlisberger, I mean – he is a big, big dude, and he is not—he was never mobile to start with. God only knows what he may be like after the injury. Who really knows? Um, and he's going to be 39 years old. Now, a couple of guys have proved that that doesn't matter, but they weren't the size of Ben Roethlisberger either. Um, uh, yeah, I just. Pittsburgh is not what they once were. I'll agree. I'll agree they're not. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. I think they're still middle of the road at best. All right. A couple more teams to go. We've got one, two, three, four teams left. And we'll finish her up. Los Angeles Rams, second round. Cam Akers, running back from Florida State. Van Jefferson, wide receiver from Florida. Terrell Lewis, linebacker from Alabama. Terrell Burgess, safety from Utah. They take a tight end, safety, linebacker, kicker, guard, just all over the place. 
they were their first round pick was gone as a part of the Jalen Ramsey trade. So Rams, do you feel like that they still got a maybe an outside chance, or are, is their run over? Should they look at rebuilding? Is Jared Goff the man? A lot of question marks. Jeff, what do you think? I think they can have a resurgence this year. Uh, I, be, I believe that a lot of these uh, talk shows after the draft, they feel, feel like they got a steal in Cam Akers. Uh, some of these, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I know he was. I think he was the best running back whenever he uh, out of that class. Uh, ESPN's top 150 or 300, whatever it is they have, they those prospects. But uh, when he went to Florida State, it's just he, Florida State wasn't Florida State of old. Uh, is whenever uh, Jimbo Fisher left, it seems like things went downhill. But uh, he's very talented, and uh, you know, he, I think he's going to start, uh, and I think that uh, he'll be a good replacement for Gurley, to be honest. And uh, like you said, the question marks going to be golf. Uh, he had a good year a couple of years ago. Last year was kind of mediocre, you know, with the rules. If it, I think the seventeen playoff is this year, guys, because last year, or uh, they've been talking about the Steelers and the Rams would have made it had it been seventeen. So uh, they were the first team out last year, and I, you know, I, I think that uh, it's a tough division they're in. As we talked about, everybody's uh, Seattle's probably still going to be solid. Uh, Arizona got better, and of course, uh, NFC champions. Uh, San Francisco, uh, they had a good draft in off season still yet, even uh, when you know usually uh, your <laughs> your rivals are supposed to get better that uh, they pick in front of you, but they did good. So I think the Rams have an opportunity to do uh, good this year. Tim, what do you think? I don't like the Rams. Yeah, I said it. Jared Goff, I I just don't know about Jared Goff. I'm not sure. To me, he's another one of these, uh, what I like to call the stat quarterback. He throws up fairly decent numbers, but not always W's. Um, Mind you, in his defense, I don't exactly have a wide receiving core that jumps out at you. Um they don't suck, but they're not great. I mean, they don't really have a – I mean, what, Cooper Cup is their, their big receiving threat? Well, they got Cooper Cup. They had Brandon Cooks. They had uh, Robert Woods. I mean, good players, but not like Pro Bowl or Hall of Fame guys. Right, Cooper yeah, Cup is mean, their, their safety net, really. I mean, he, was they, the, they, he was the will, inside guy. Well, they find maybe that without Todd Gurley there, they or, – or maybe not relying on that as much that maybe that might help the offense a little bit. Because he didn't exactly light yeah. it up last year. So No, no, he did not. He did not indeed. Uh, I mean, people kind of saw it coming, and he, I mean, I mean, what, he didn't even break a, he didn't come anywhere near a 1,000, I don't think, last year. So, I don't know. play much Rams, last year either. The Rams are kind of a weird team. They always have been, though. <laughs> Never quite sure what you're going to get out of them. So I, I don't know. I still think Jared Goff's the key there, though. If he doesn't have another, yeah. he doesn't have a really good year, they're not going to get very far, and then they're going to be looking for another quarterback again. It seems to me like he depends on his coach a lot to be the quarterback for him. So 
Yeah. I mean, he's got a he's got a shotgun of an arm. I mean, it's not that he can't throw, but I think his bigger problem might be he doesn't read very well. And as we all know, if that first guy's covered up in the NFL, which they usually are, things things get rough pretty quick when that first option is gone. And you've got to, you know, start to think on your feet. And he's not, he's not really the most mobile guy either, I wouldn't say. <laughs> I wouldn't really call him a scrambler by any stretch of the imagination. So. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I don't know, the Rams just seems like they, they do something right and then it's, all downhill. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sold on golf. Never really have been. He's okay, but is he a guy I'd want to build my team around? No. Uh, Gurley's kind of hit and miss. I like the, really, the only guy on the team I really like is Cooper Cup. The defense is what got him to the Super Bowl, I thought, uh, at least for a while. I mean, I thought that was really the reason they succeeded. I don't know. Indianapolis Colts got the, the Bears and the Texans after that. Colts around Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin, Julian Blackman, safety from Utah. The future of the team, Jacob Easton, quarterback out of Washington, take a guard, a tackle corner, another receiver, and a linebacker. Uh, great draft, in my opinion. I think this was for a team that didn't have a first-round pick. I really think they kind of snuck away here with an excellent draft. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I echo what you say there, uh, they got the Rivers some help with Pittman, USC, another player like Akers was on a mediocre team, but his talent was, if you'd put him with a little bit better players, maybe with a good quarterback, he would have did even better than what he was. And then with Taylor, I mean, he had a, a great career at uh, Wisconsin. And uh, so I think they did address a lot of needs. And he may start in front of Marlon Mack. Uh, obviously, they picked him and they – yeah. Uh, so, I mean. Not sold on Mac at all. Yeah. At least that's just me. Yeah. So, I thought they'd be good to not even have a first-round pick and uh, get what they got. Yeah, me too. Tim? Yeah, their their first two picks pretty good for second-round picks. I mean, they're, they're looking at the same thing LA's looking at, though. Their success is going to be whether Phillip Rivers has got anything left. And if so, how much? Because although, yeah, a change of scenery might be good for him. He might have got stale playing where he was playing. That might that might be the the yeah. ticket to Cam he needs, maybe. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I think that's. Uh, I think Philip Rivers really could have could have done a lot better with a change of scene scenery sooner. Uh, and I think I think Indianapolis has got a, a pretty good shot at making the playoffs this year because I think all they really missed last year was a quarterback, and I think they'd have really been a threat going forward. All right, Houston Texans, second round, they take Ross Bladlock, defensive tackle from TCU, Jonathan Greenard, linebacker from Florida. They get a few more picks, a tackle, a corner, receiver. Nothing insane here really for Houston that rocks the boat to me. I don't know. Well, they just kind of existed in this draft, if you ask me. Jeff, your thoughts? I just, I'm still thrown off by the trade they made to get uh, Hopkins. I don't really like how all Mind, that went down. Mind-boggling. Uh, makes no sense. Uh, just the, that alone just makes me think. That makes me <laughs> think that they didn't have a good draft. 
So, I mean, not maybe the off season. I don't, I don't know. I just to be as close as they were. I mean, they were up what twenty one or twenty four points on the Chiefs, and you know they had a yeah. fourth and one. They could have went for got it and and got a touchdown. Went up twenty eight and probably put the uh, put the foot on the next even more. And uh, but they gave them a chance, got back in. But I just I don't know. To be that close. Uh, and now I think they took some steps back after that. I I agree. Tim? No, no, I like their first pick. Really? I mean, he was a, well, he was a, uh, supposed to go in the first round. So, I mean, True. it's not bad to, to get him eighth in the second round. They needed a guy there because they lost the their starter. And they were horrific against the run last year. So, mm. I mean, at least, I mean, at least they attempted to fill a need with the first pick. After that, they didn't get much, but then they really. Well, they didn't have a lot of picks either. So, I mean, I won't won't argue with you there. So, I mean, you make a good point. But then again, you also, I also got to wonder, like we always say, well, they don't have a lot of picks. Okay. Where did your pick, where did your picks go? And what did you get for them? That you don't have any. Like in their case. You know, well, I mean, it's a question you got to ask yourself. All right. You know your team isn't that – I mean, Houston has never been a – I mean, I guess they were, what, 10-6 and six last year, but they've never been a, you know, 13-3 and three kind of team. So you know you've got some needs. So maybe uh, having a first-rounder or at least a second, you know, a couple of seconds is not a bad idea instead of trading – I mean, I don't know where all their picks went. Who did they trade all their picks to? They must have I, Buddy, I, will, I wish I could tell you. I, they, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously they they've made some poor trades somewhere along the line. That's that's the I mean, Bill Self way. Even though it's, I, I mean, don't think Bill not, Self, I don't think that's yeah, their coach at all. But <laughs> it's not a franchise where if you say, "Well, may, name me some big players from Houston." Yeah, you're JJ Watts. Really, about the JJ, only one. Yeah, I mean, Andre Johnson JJ, had a good career. Um, it's hard, you know, but yeah. but current players, it's hard for you to go. Okay, yeah, they've got a couple of real studs, and here they're here are their names. You know, well, well they traded their, their they traded their stud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so you know, and they, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems a little odd to me, but I guess that's why they're Houston and they're always going to be second in Texas. Mmm, mmm, shots fired. Wow. Shots fired. Wow. All right, they're the, last they're one, the, boys. We the, saved it for. They're the giants of uh, of uh, Rutherford, New Jersey. Oh. oh, did I say that? I did. Oh. Win a Super Bowl this century, and, or two of them, and come talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Last team. We can all have a nice chuckle here. It's the Bears. The Ed Bogus <laughs> loves Chicago Bears. And you know he loved this first pick in the second round. Cole Komet, tied in from Notre Dame, going to Chicago. Get the Italian beef sandwiches ready, because here he comes. And then cornerback Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Travis Gibson, DN out of Tulsa. Uh, Kendall Vilder, cornerback from Georgia Southern. Darnell Mooney, wide receiver from Tulane. And then a couple of guards late, back-to-back. Jeff, we'll start with you. What do you think of the tenth tight end for Da Bears? Holy sausage, huh? Well, uh, <laughs> sausage, sausage. <laughs> well, well done, sir. Well done. Really? 
a good, uh, I mean, a good tight end. But like you said, they got 53 of them on the team. So, uh, to quote I, Wilt I, Chamberlain, I, you can never get enough tight end. <laughs> Uh, oh, 20,000 of them from what he says. Yeah, that's a, that's a, to Chuck Norris, that's a slow Tuesday. Move on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was – that's why we, I think the Vikings are going to win the division, really. Some of their their rivals in the division, uh, just some of their decisions were just bad. And um, I, I just don't understand taking a tight end, but maybe – there will cut some or trade or what, but uh, anyways. Tim? Uh, I'm going to dispute that theory and the fact that their tight ends suck. They might have a whole <laughs> shitload of them, but they're garbage. I mean, they signed Jimmy Graham, but he's getting up there. Jimmy Graham, um, Jimmy Graham hasn't been good since New Orleans. There, I said it. And I, I don't mean, regret uh, a damn thing. I mean, I'm looking at the stats. The Chicago tight ends accumulated a whole whopping 416 yards last year. Well, you got to so, you got to have a quarterback that's in the top 32 uh, in right. throwing. Okay, and that's my next my next bitch is all right. They declined the 50 year option for Tabisky, so why the hell are they not picking a quarterback? Because obviously they don't like the one they have. <laughs> Buddy, I wish I could tell you. That and guy's they a need trip. Him because. Because he ain't very good. I'm sorry, but he's not. Now, they passed um, on Watson and Mahomes to get him, right? Oh, yeah, that, they did. Yeah, that's the worst of it. That's that's the real pain. Is For some reason, they saw something in him that nobody else did. He, well, he, he was actually isn't. being touted as the top quarterback. Uh, he was in, in that draft. Every scout said Mitch Trubisky was well, the guy. let me ask Ed Boggess. Ed, you want to, to give up uh, Mitch for uh, Patrick? I'm guessing the answer is going to be yeah. Mind you, even Patrick Mahomes in Chicago, he he would have to throw to himself. Yeah, I mean, well, they haven't got know. much. No, they don't have much. You're they not don't have much, there. which then begs the question too: What in the hell are they doing picking corners and linebackers and shit when they need a wide? I mean, they did pick one wide receiver, but they waited till the fifth round to do it. I mean, that Chicago's problem has always been that they've they've never really been the throwing football team ever. Really? Yep. They and haven't. They pro- and they probably ought to look at it because it tends to be pretty successful. Yeah, and they, it seems like that's where it seems like where wide receivers and quarterbacks just kind of go to die. You never I mean, really they, hear they, from them again. Yeah, I mean, they had Walter Payton, and they still think he plays there or something because <laughs> the never last great really... player they had was Matt Forte. It really was. <laughs> Trubisky goes first. Trubisky went second to the Bears. Mahomes went tenth to the the Chiefs. Deshaun Watson twelfth to the Texans. Uh, trying I mean, to help you here, Trubisky. Let's see if there's I mean, a quarterback the Chica- that you were yeah, better I mean, the than. Chi- the Chicago Bears quarterback picks are kind of like a mix of the okay. Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland. He's better Bars than Deshaun Kaiser. Cleveland's All up right. Deshaun Kaiser. He's better I'll than. I'll give he. you that. I'll give you that. Fair enough. You found one. That a boy. Yeah. So he's better than him, at least. Come on. Give him, give him a little him yesterday. <laughs> and Davis Webb. The Giants took Davis Webb, so he's better than him. So, I mean, yeah, granted, you know, he was probably uh, the third best quarterback in this draft. The only problem is the two that were better than him went after him. So, yeah, you kind of run into that it's problem. 
I mean, I don't know. Like I said, well, I mean, Josh Dobbs is on here too. So yeah, I mean, I understand the weather and the field being a you know Soldier Field's always been kind of a muddy muck hole to play in and all that, especially back in the day, and that running was kind of the way to deal with all that stuff. But it isn't anymore. I mean, having a good running back is fine, but I mean, name me a Chicago Bears receiver in the last twenty years that is worth talking about. You know, that didn't have just, like, one good season or something like that. Oh, wow. I can't, I, I can't name one. I can't who can? Tell you, I can't even tell you who their receivers were when they won the Super Bowl with, when McMahon was quarterback. And I can't even tell you who they were then. I don't know. I, I wasn't alive. I think they had a receiver named Willie Galt. He was pretty good. Okay, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they used to, I mean, even back then, they used to give the ball to the fridge to get touchdowns. I mean, they, 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 their running backs weren't even good enough. They had to turn a, a, a lineman or a tackle into a, into a running back. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Jay Cutler got there. They hadn't had a, uh, a quarterback that threw over uh, 20 touchdowns passes for like the longest time. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just a strange you know, and they, they always play these you know, right. 12, 12 the nine 10, games and all this stuff. The 10 greatest wide receivers in Bears history, James Scott, <laughs> Marty Booker. Okay, I know that Willie, name. Willie Galt, no Alshon name. Jeffrey, okay, Brandon Marshall, okay. Dick Gordon. Oh, yeah. Curtis Conway. Ken Cavanaugh, <laughs> Johnny Morris, and Harlan wow. Hill. Your cousin to Hank. <laughs> there you go. That's the ten. <laughs> According to that particular poll, that's the greatest uh, Bears wide receivers of all time. But I'll tell you what, guys, that was the last draft. Uh, the last we'll talk about the NFL draft. We have went above and beyond the call of duty here. We are way over time tonight. Yeah. And we didn't even play Bush League for Boggs. Oh, yeah, we did. Bush League. All right, we got you the know, music in for him, and uh, you know what just you know what just happened? Ed Boggs woke up because he was asleep on the couch, and he tripped trying to put his g-string on to get dancing before that music ended <laughs> good lord well next week we'll talk about the last dance some more jeff you're always welcome back to do that and uh who knows what other news and notes we'll talk about next week we well, may we actually might, finally talk about some, dark side of the ring and we might actually have we'll have a little bit of live sport to talk about at least ufc and possibly some other stuff if we get lucky well maybe yeah, not next yeah week, absolutely two weeks absolutely uh, so uh do we do a does uh, Ed Boggus sing next week, Nick? If if he feels like he wants to, then sure. All right, fair enough. He can always All sing. Right. I mean, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts, look us up. We'll be there. Thanks to Jeff for coming in and taking the call of duty here, and we go deep into the draft. Thanks, man, for always coming on. The unofficial third man, the unofficial member of the wide men team. No, you can say third man. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it all as always. I enjoy it. 
Always good having you. Tim, anything you want to add before we head on out? Yeah, I'm going to leave you with this little bit of Canadian on it. You know what's on my TV right now? Carolyn? Um, on, the, on the Sports Network. The, you know what? You're not, you're not going to believe this. On, the, on TSN, the 1968 Canadian Curling Briar Championships. Oh, man, that was a good one. It's in black and white, for God's sake. Black and white curling, man. It don't get no better. All right, yeah. thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week, hopefully with not as long of an episode, but we hope you enjoyed it anyway. Check out our sponsors, and until next time, this is the Wide Man Tim. Send us out. Good night, everyone. Peace. Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search wide men can't jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. StripCamFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump, and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.